This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off even by lighting up. Oi! For my friends, the star of the show. Oi! Oi! I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oi! This Oi! is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. to Sid and Friends. I am not Sid, but I am his friend. I'm Frank Morano, back for day two of a four-hour extravaganza, although I'm only going to be here for the first hour. In the second hour, you will be in the very capable hands of two very familiar voices to WABC listeners, our owner, John Katsimatidis, who is now doubling as the greatest newsmaker we have in the world of radio. I'll tell you. John is uh, rapidly replacing Barbara Walters as uh, the guy that is getting the news-making interviews. The most talked-about future congressman in the world, George Santos, appeared exclusively here on 77 WABC yesterday. We'll tell you exactly what he said. It was a wild interview, and I think it's a testament to John and uh, exactly what we were talking about yesterday that he gets these kind of interviews that uh, the rest of us can only dream about. So John's going to be here, as will uh, Curtis Lee, who you might have heard uh, once or twice before. They're going to be on from 7 to 10, and I'll be back tomorrow as well from uh, 6 until 7. A lot of interesting stuff in the news, even beyond George Santos. One of the things that I find very interesting is what's going on in China with their zero COVID policy. It seems to have massively backfired. We also have uh, President Biden declaring a state of emergency here in New York amidst this winter storm. We'll bring you the latest on that and what that means for you. Uh, If you are somebody that is traveling this weekend, you better not double check, triple check all your flights because we are seeing stories all over the country, but especially here in the Northeast, about flights that have been Canceled. So uh, we will take your calls uh, throughout the course of the hour at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. We are keeping an eye on this uh, situation involving George Santos. Now, by now you've probably heard about it. George Santos ran for office for the first time two years ago. He ran against Tom Suozzi and came closer than a lot of people ever expected. He was actually leading after Election Day. And then once the paper ballots got counted, the absentee ballots got counted, it turned out that Suozzi was reelected. Well, this year, in a kind of different district, a little bit more of a conservative district, Suozzi not running, Suozzi running for governor instead of running for what most people think would have been a pretty easy re-election, an open seat. Santos wins. And almost immediately, 
after his win, maybe about two or three weeks after his win, the New York Times does a full-throated expose chronicling the fact that George Santos lied about just about everything, where he went to school, where he lived, what he did for a living, his background. Then the Jewish newspaper, The Forward, comes out and they start doing an expose on George Santos's claim that his grandparents fled Hitler and the Nazis. Well, yesterday he did three interviews uh, responding to this series of allegations that he might have lied about everything. He spoke to the New York Post in print. He spoke to City and State on video. And he spoke with John Katsimatidis here on 77 WABC. In, in these times is when you really know who has your back. And I have had an immense amount of support. And I really want to thank each and every person. And I want to make sure that if I disappointed anyone by resume embellishment, I'm sorry. You know, one of the fundamental lessons I learned from my parents, my teachers, anybody that uh, ever was in a position of authority over me as a young person, is that if you're sorry... You really have to be sorry. You at least have to sound somewhat apologetic. To me, with George Santos refusing to admit that he lied, this is not resume enhancement. This is outright blatant dishonesty. And the thing about this that I find so perplexing is why Santos would lie about facts that are so easily verifiable. One of the great uh, tricks that I learned from Joe Franklin, he never said this, but I kind of picked this up from him when we were were running around together, is if Joe was going to embellish, if he was going to exaggerate, do you know who he would exaggerate about? Dead people. Dead people. People that were not around to to call nonsense on what he was saying. He would make up a story about uh, Charlie Chaplin. And Joe was very funny with that kind of thing. Joe, um, whenever a celebrity would die, for the, I knew Joe for, before he passed away for maybe about uh, 18 years. And whenever a celebrity would die, he would have the same story. He would always say something to the effect of, oh, you know, so-and-so was uh, such a big fan of uh, my television program. They would watch me on Channel 9 every night. He always wanted to come on, but... Uh, his daughter said he never had the courage to ask. I mean, anybody in the world would come. He They would pass away and Joe would say that same thing. Charlie Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin. Um, Charlie, <laughs> Joe would say, you know, Charlie Chaplin's daughter uh, came over to me right after he passed away. He would watch you on TV every night. He always wanted to come on. He just he never had the courage to ask. And I'm thinking to myself, as Joe was saying this. Charlie Chaplin lived in Switzerland for the last 20 years of his life, yet somehow he had a satellite hookup to Channel 9 and was watching Joe on TV. That is what George Zimmerman failed to do. He claims to have gone to Baruch and graduated from there. No, I mean, of course he's got to know. And I've met George Santos a bunch of times, smart enough guy. He's got to know that you can just call Baruch and say, Mr. Baruch? Uh, did George Santos go here? No? Oh, okay. Let me move on to the next school he's claiming to go to, NYU. Proud NYU Vi- Violet myself, by the way. Mr. NYU, did George Santos go here? No? Oh, okay. Uh, why would you make up something that's so easily verifiable? That's why I know the conventional wisdom 
is that he did this. He's calling it resume enhancement, but he did this to get votes. I think there's something deeply rooted psychologically wrong with him. Now, don't misunderstand me. I still think he should be seated. I think the time for vetting this on the part of the press, on the part of the public, on the part of his adversaries was while he was running for office. I don't think you can get voters remorse once uh, he gets elected and then say, all right, well, we didn't know all this stuff, so we're not going to. We're not going to let him take his seat in Congress now. No. I mean, uh, to paraphrase that famous line in uh, Animal House, you messed up. You trusted us. I think this is this ought to be a wake up call to every local media outlet in the country, but especially places like Long Island, where you have a legitimate two party system. You have legitimately competitive elections, which is not present in 80 percent of the congressional districts around the country. This ought to be a wake up call to the local press that, yeah. We actually ought to investigate some of the things that people are saying. Now, there were some media outlets that were claiming George Santos was exaggerating even during the campaign. Grant Lawley's paper, I think it's called the North Shore Leader, they said so. And that's one of the reasons they endorsed Robert Zimmerman. Cook Political Report, which is kind of an obscure, not obscure, but it's kind of a niche political uh, publication. They said they didn't believe what George Santos was saying. But. Where were the investigations from Newsday? Where was the Times investigation at the time? Uh, George Santos talking with John Katzmatidis in an exclusive interview yesterday. Just like they nitpicked at me, now it's going to be my time to nitpick at both journalists who made it their mission to slander me across this country and across the world. And let's see what happens at the end. But the one thing is, I will be sworn in. I will take office. And I think he should. I have to give credit to uh, former Congressman Anthony Weiner, and I know some people may bristle at that because his politics are a little bit different than the rest of the station, and he certainly had his own fair share of scandal as a public official. But he really did a great job, and even uh, a friend of mine who's no fan of Anthony Weiner, he texted me as we're both listening to this interview, but said, boy, you know, Anthony Weiner is really good. And I think what Weiner did here, um, and I'll play you just this one question that he was asking. He also did a very good interview on his own program. Well, not his program, but James Golden's program in the four o'clock hour yesterday where he interviewed uh, Jason Chaffetz, the former Republican congressman from Utah. Uh, Weiner and not everybody can do this. I try to do this, but I don't know that I did this as skillfully as Weiner usually does. He is able to ask very pointed questions. But he's able to do so in a way that doesn't sound adversarial. He doesn't sound like he's shouting at anybody or demanding answers like a a, a modern day, um, you know, a a modern day diplomat in the midst of the Cuban Missile Crisis at the U.N. waiting for uh, Khrushchev to answer, uh, you know, uh, what's going on with these missiles. Here was Anthony Weiner grilling George Santos about the Pulse nightclub shooting. Listen to this. You know, George, I give you a lot of credit for, for taking these questions. So do I. On, the and I said on my show that I thought you should be seated. But let me just ask you a couple of specifics. You, you, did, did, were your grandparents Hungarian Jewish refugees that survived the Holocaust? I never said they were Hungarian. My grand, my, so my grandmother. I'm sorry. Uh, you, I'm sorry. I, Ukrainian. Ukrainian. For, forgive me. Forgive Ukraine, me. So my grandfather, Ukrainian descent. My grandmother, Belgium. So that's the story. He goes from Ukraine to Belgium. They go to Brazil. So, 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 entire life. So, reports that your grandparents were born in Brazil are wrong. Well, 
I want to know where they're getting these reports from because I, all I see is a picture of somebody who they're alleging is either my great-grandfather or my great-great-grandfather, and they're saying that a French genealogist did the research. No, I'm, 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 I'm asking you. Are you saying your, your, your grandparents were not born in Brazil? To the best of my knowledge, to, to the best of my understanding, no, they were not. Got it. Did, did, did the people, did anyone who worked for you perish in the Pulse nightclub shooting? That worked for me directly, no. But we did have people who were being hired to work for the company at the time who during, I was in Florida during the Pulse nightclub shooting at, a, at another uh, nightclub that same evening, not too far away. But, yes, we did lose four people who were going to be coming to work for the company now, that was starting up in Orlando. I thought, and look, they got into a number of other areas as well, but clearly he lied. He clearly lied when he claimed that four people who worked for him were killed in the Pulse nightclub shooting. It's not true. It's not true. And I just, I don't understand why you would lie about something that's so easily verifiable. I think with all that, the lying about his upbringing, lying about his religion. Oh, by the way, my favorite aspect, and this, and we'll move on. We'll get to some other uh, stories in the news throughout the hour because there's actually quite a bit taking you until 7 o'clock this morning here on Sid and Friends. My favorite line about religion and his own religiosity was, it almost sounds like something Martin Short would say on uh, Only Murders in the Building. You know when um, they're talking about religion there and him being Jewish and being Catholic, he's all things to all people, right? He tells the New York Post, this is what he said. This was actually, actually his quote in the New York Post. I didn't say I was Jewish. I said I was Jew-ish. That was his defense. Now, again, I think this guy should be seated. But uh, if that's what you're putting out there as your defense, as Yogi would say, it's getting late early. Um, you know, I have a little Facebook group of people that listen to the show. If you want to join it, you could just search uh, Morano Radio Fans and Haters. That's M-O-R-A-N-O, Radio Fans and Haters. And there's one guy in that group named Joel who said uh, Santos is a liar. Santos is an embarrassment. And I really regret voting for him. But I think he's the exception. I think in our country, not just in this particular congressional district, but in the whole country, people are so motivated by partisanship that if you're right-leaning, if you're a Republican, you don't care. Just like uh, the same with Democrats. And you know what the most common defense that I heard of George Santos yesterday when we talked about this on the radio and when I listened to other programs? You know what the most common defense was? Oh, well, Biden lies. Oh, uh, Dick Blumenthal lies. I find that to be so sad. And if we're going to be in a position where the best defense against poor behavior that we can offer is our political adversaries do that too, I think that's really sad, no matter what political party you belong to. You talk about a race to the bottom. So um, I do think Santos should be seated, uh, but I think this should be a wake-up call to all of us. Tell me what you think, 800-848-9222. So let me uh, finish what I was going to say. I'm, I'm a walking tangent. That's what happens after four hours of radio. But, um, you, by the way, you can listen to me every weekday morning from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. You ever miss the podcast, just go to WABCRadio.com or just search uh, the other side of midnight on uh, any podcast app. But what I was going to say is even with Santos lying about his religion, where his grandparents were from, where, where he went to school, where it turns out he didn't graduate from anywhere, and I don't care. There's a lot of people that are very bright people that don't graduate from college. Even with all that, 
I don't think much of this would have been a problem for him. Well, it would have been a, like a, a minor blip on the radar screen, especially during Christmas week. But even with all that, I think the big problem, for, he could have ended up like State Senator Salazar in Brooklyn, who lied about her whole background and flip-flopped on everything. I think even with all that, the he could have survived it. Here's where I think the fly in the ointment is for him. The money. Where did he get this money from? He lent his own campaign $700,000. And that's money that he used to help bankroll his campaign. A couple of years ago, he fell behind in his rent $16,000. Now, this is apparently because his mother was sick and he wasn't doing well. Understandable, that happens. Most people that fall behind, fall into the rear $16,000 on their rent, don't then tend to magically get $700,000 that they can lend to their congressional campaign and still not pay their old landlord back. So, I don't know. I, uh, I'm i going to make the offer to George Santos today uh, that uh, I have a polygraph expert by the name of Louis Conti that is eager to come in here and do a polygraph test on anybody we want. And I am going to make the offer to George Santos. Will he take a polygraph test? And I think his answer to that is going to be very telling about how honest he's being now. We'll see where it goes. Uh, eight open lines. We'll take your calls in just a moment. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Uh, Congressman Richie Torres, for instance, Democrat from New York, he tweeted the following. He said, George Santos, a former call screen, a call center employee falling behind on his rent, lent his campaign a staggering $705,000. Where did all that money come from? The ethics committee must start investigating immediately. So he could have an he's going to have an ethics committee issue, even with the Republicans in the majority. Is he going to have an issue with the state board of elections, with the federal election commission, with the Department of Justice, with the state attorney general? I think the answer to all those questions is very likely. Um, very quickly, let me take you back in time to some comments delivered by uh, Curtis Lewa, who you will get to hear from 7 to 10 alongside our owner, John Gatsimatidis. This is what Curtis said about uh, 23 hours ago in terms of what he thinks should become of George Santos. This fraud has got to go. This con man has got to go. But you see, Swansea's just going to run for the mm-hmm. seat again, and he'll win the seat. Well, so who would you like to see, assuming you're not a candidate, and let's assume further that uh, Santos does end up resigning or he doesn't get seated or he gets expelled, whatever. Who would you like to see on the Republican side of the ledger potentially run for that Anybody seat? but George Santos. <laughs> Anybody but that fraud, that con George Santos. So um, tell me where you come down on this. Curtis is a never Santos Republican, and I'm sure he's going to have a, quite a bit to say on this. The other issue that I found very interesting is uh, I read this Olivia Newsy piece in New York Magazine all about uh, President Trump. And, it, and it's very it's a it's a very negative piece. It quotes a lot of people neg- negatively about him. But there's one aspect that I thought was just um Really uh, just wild. It had nothing to do with politics. It had to do with uh, golf. Evidently, six days a week, he plays between 18 and 26 holes of golf. Six days a week. Now, he's entitled to play golf. People have their, you know, recreation of choice. But... 
Really? 18 and 26 holes of golf? I find golf to be so incredibly boring. Someone is going to have to explain this to me. You know, Andrew Giuliani, for instance, is a big golfer. He says the president's pretty good, actually, former President Trump. You know who he says the real great golfer that he's played with is? Frank Siller. Who would have thought that? Frank Siller is such a great golfer. But um, this is mind-boggling to me. I would be bored to tears playing 18 to 26 holes of golf six days a week. Would you, even if you're a golfer, would you ever want to do that? At what point is... That much golf, too much golf. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Friends, in the morning, uh, I am uh, here until 7 o'clock this morning, and then you will hear from both Curtis Lewa and John Katsimatidis. Uh, Diego is here in place of Lou. Sid is out until the year 2023. And uh, Justin's still here, to his credit, still coming in and working uh, holiday week. So, um, Diego, let me ask you a question. You've heard the song Georgie Girl, right? Georgie Girl? You've never heard the Georgie Georgie Girl by the Seekers? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, well, then maybe you're a bad person to use as the example for this song. So um, on the overnight program, we would I I mentioned kind of in passing, you know, we played that song Georgie Girl by the Seekers. And I said, I think a lot of people don't know that that song is actually from a film, Georgie Girl. Right. And I and I mentioned how there's this whole series of songs that are actually from films that have become more famous than the films that they're from, than they're from. And uh, I thought that was an interesting observation. Right. And 13 minutes ago, a fellow by the name of Mark Danielle tweets the following. Good morning, sir. You know, whenever someone starts a tweet with good morning, sir, you know, this tweet's not going to end well for whoever the sir is. So good morning, sir. Is it me that I find radio continually insults its audience, such as this morning, insinuating that we had no idea of the origins of Georgie Girl or New York, New York by the Seekers and Liza Minnelli? Yes, I saw both movies. Good day, sir. Now, Mark, I'm glad you saw both films. But you could see from Diego here all the work that we still have to do in getting the musical slash cinematic education quotient up in the New York radio audience. So I'm happy for you that you are familiar with these films, but a lot of people aren't. All right. Uh, 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to John in Brooklyn's been patiently holding. Hello, John. Hello, Frank. 
And I have to agree with Curtis. Santos has to go. I think, and I say this as a Republican, I think he's becoming an acute embarrassment to my fellow Republicans, and there are more important issues to deal with than to judge whether or not, you know, he is telling the truth. Now, um, okay, so what do you think, let's say you're right, let's say that uh, he's shamed by his own leadership into being expelled or not accepting his seat, then we know that there are a whole bunch of politicians that lie. I mean, everyone, um, you know, a lot of other Republicans have pointed to the Dick Blumenthal example or the state Senator Salazar example. What do you think the barometer for giving up office if you're caught in a lie should be? How egregious should the lie be before you're essentially run out of town on a rail? You know, that's a good question. And, and you know, one could make an argument that Certainly in the case of Joe Biden, uh, there there are many compelling reasons why, if you want to use the amount of lies he has said, that maybe he should not be occupying his current office in Washington, D.C. However, the sad fact remains is that in Mr. Santos' case, everything he has said has come into question because he's been lying about everything. Right. Uh, Thank you, John. You know what I think a better solution is, honestly? Rather than everybody point at George Santos or any politician, you know, uh, Democrat or Republican, and say, that person's a liar, they ought to resign, they ought to resign. You know what I think a better solution is? Give the voters of New York State the same opportunity that voters in Wisconsin have and California and New Jersey. What's that? Recall. Recall. If the voters of Santos's district, Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever, are so fed up with him, they ought to be able to have a mechanism to have a special recall election triggered. I think that's the solution. Rather than, um, you know, have voters remorse like this. All right. 800-848-9222. One of the uh, interesting things from a worldwide perspective that I'm keeping an eye on is what is going on in China. China has been implementing this zero COVID policy, and it has turned out to be an absolute and complete disaster. Now they are experiencing a massive COVID surge. The Chinese government said over the weekend that they would stop publishing daily reports of COVID cases and deaths. This is a decision that comes amidst all these reports of a surge in infections. And uh, this has worked out to be a total disaster. And China is lying almost as much as George Santos is. Um, China claims that just over 5,200 people have died from this virus, 5,200 since 2019. In three years, I think there's 5,200 people that died on my block from COVID. Give me a break. There are some models and some experts that say the actual death toll is over a million people. And they're claiming it's only 5,200? I mean, come on. Uh, I have very little very little faith in any information that's coming out of China uh, with respect to COVID or anything else for that matter. All right, we're going to continue with your calls in a moment. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. All righty, 634. 
on your Tuesday morning. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update again. Thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. They are America's best built of boilers. The Nets here, they stay red hot in Cleveland, beating the Cavaliers last night by a score of 125 to 117 to move their win streak to nine games. The franchise's longest streak since moving to Brooklyn. It was essentially a game between the Nets and Cleveland point guard Darius Garland, who poured in a game high 46 points to make this one respectable for the Cavs down the stretch. But as has been the case of late, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, they were all business, clocking out with 32 points each in their minutes on the floor. After months of distractions that stained the on-court product for Brooklyn early on in the season, the Nets have now won 13-14 and are beginning to look like the title contender we all thought they would look like. KD spoke following the game about those early distractions and how the Nets were able to work through them. I felt like we've always been focused. I felt like we don't even talk about some of the stuff that may have been loud around our team. Like, we don't talk about this come in and go to work and go home like there's more noise on the outside for us to be honest and it's been like that since day one but what we did was simplify both ends of the basketball it's not like man finally we got the noise out of our locker room and now we can play I just think we always been locked in on on basketball trying to help uh, get this thing back on track Brooklyn will try and move the streak to 10 straight wins come tomorrow night in Atlanta against the Hawks. As for the Knicks, they'll be back on the hardwood tonight in Dallas for an 8.30 p.m. tip-off against the Mavericks. And Monday Night Football last night brought us another clinched playoff spot as the Los Angeles Chargers get past the Colts in Indianapolis by a score of 20-3 to to clinch their first postseason berth since 2018. As for the Colts, while well, they've been done here for a while, an underwhelming season. You see them miss the playoffs after five straight losses under interim head coach Jeff Saturday and local action tonight out at MSG. Got the Washington Capitals paying the Rangers a visit at 7 p.m. And out on the island, the Pittsburgh Peng- Penguins will pay the Islanders a visit. That puck will drop at 7.30. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Friends in the morning. Uh, I am Frank Moreno with you until 7 o'clock. Uh, beginning at 7, you'll get to hear John Katzmatidis and Curtis Lewa. John is uh, being quoted, his interview with George Santos is being quoted literally all over the world today because it was the first broadcast interview that uh, Santos did since this New York Times takedown of his resume, essentially. If you go to George Santos's website now and look at the About section, which would usually have somebody's biography, it just says, oops, unavailable. I'm not joking. It, uh, there's nothing there. But um, some people are actually criticizing Jay Jacobs, the state chairman of the Democratic Party, for failing to get this information about Santos out during the campaign. A lot of Democrats not at all happy with uh, with Jay Jacobs. Additionally, you know who a lot of other Democrats are unhappy with? And uh, I've been quite, quite critical of this person, but I think she's right on the money here. That's the governor of the state of New York, Kathy Hochul. Governor Hochul, uh, starting on Thursday, has been facing a torrent of criticism over her choice of Hector LaSalle, to be the new chief judge of the New York State Court of Appeals. Now, I don't want to get too into the weeds on this, but 
In New York, the Court of Appeals is our version of the U.S. Supreme Court. They're the folks that get to wave their magic gavels and declare laws unconstitutional. That is the highest appellate court in New York State. And uh, there was some criticism of Cuomo because there was a conservative block of judges that he had appointed to the Court of Appeals. And Hector LaSalle, even though he's Hispanic and he would be the first Hispanic person to hold this position, he is being opposed by a coalition of progressive lawmakers, including a lot of Hispanic lawmakers. They're pledging not to vote for Hochul's pick. So we'll see. This could be a situation where you have the moderate Democrats teamed with the Republicans in the state Senate to confirm the Hochul pick. But uh, I think uh, Senator Jabari Brisport, who's a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, was speaking for a lot of uh, the DSA on Twitter when the senator tweeted, it's indefensible, indefensible. They're talking about Hochul here. It's indefensible to ask for black votes and then work to incarcerate us. You might ask, what is Judge LaSalle's great crime in the eyes of some? Well, he was a prosecutor before he was a judge, and he's currently the presiding judge. He's very well qualified for this position. Before he was a judge, he was a prosecutor, and they're saying that is an indication of why he is somehow unfit for this position. All right, uh, let me try and get to as many calls as we can here. 800-848-9222. Let me begin with Chris in Beth Page. Hello, Chris. Hey, Frank. Um, this is a joke, this whole thing. Um, and I couldn't disagree with you more or Joel Reitner on your page. <clears throat> Listen, Santos ran a couple of years ago, okay? There was plenty of time to vet this guy, okay? This is what I say. Put him in. It's two years, okay? In two years, vote him out. You don't like what he does, vote him out. Well, but and I'm gonna I, I said this. the same thing, what? so you're not disagreeing with me. I said he should I'm be seated. I'm disagreeing with you that you can't use whataboutisms. Like oh, okay, got it. Right. I'm disagreeing with you about the whole Dick Blumenthal thing. To anyone that lost anyone in Vietnam, okay, that knows anyone that lost in Vietnam, that's disgusting what that guy did. It is. But yet the voters of Connecticut see very fit to keep voting him into office, okay? I mean, he, the guy, he got deferments. He never served in Vietnam. You know, I mean, I'm just saying it's you can use what about it. Well, yeah, well, so I I don't think you should. Obviously, you can. But the issue with Blumenthal, the reason I think it's different is because, as you point out, he was elected twice after those lies were revealed. Santos got elected and then those lies were revealed. But I, I don't think the the best defense of Santos is to say, well, the Democrats are a bunch of bums, too. I, I think that just leads to a more toxic body politic. 800-848-9222. Lou is in Queens. Hello, Lou. Hey, Frank. Uh, so many points I want to touch on, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I think you have to look at this, the sociopathic um, element to to some of the lies. Uh, you were just touching on it with, with, with Blumenthal. And, and unfortunately, I think in this day and age, we have to kind of evaluate the lies and how egregious are, are the lies. And, and like the last caller said, couldn't agree more um, to, to lie about service in, in the theater, you know, in, in Vietnam, uh, you know, very highly egregious, highly offensive. And, and I'm someone that thinks people are, are offended too easily these days, but that reaches a level of offensiveness. And, and I think um, uh, with Santos, um, 
you know, even 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 broaching the subject of the Holocaust and in in any way trying to intertwine your family into something like that um, and ethnicity and religion. There, there's an element to, to his lies that, you know, it, it's I see malice there. Um, you know, so I, I think I would be for a recall. I mean, if there's no ethics committee, you know, that you know, that you could get him out. I would be up for a recall. Well, they could. No, Congress could expel him, right? There's no recall provision in New York State now. My belief is there should be. So that if you learn something about uh, someone after they're elected, whether it's Senator Salazar in Brooklyn or Congressman-elect Santos, that you can circulate petitions or something along those lines and then have a recall election. I think ultimately the voters, the voters are the ones that put him in, uh, even though at least two media outlets warned folks that he's lying about everything. And even though a lot of Republicans seem to have known this nationally, I think the voters ought to be the one to take him out. Uh, thank you for the for the call, though. 800-848-9222. David is in the Bronx. Hello, David. Yeah, good morning, Frank. Um, I just want to take politics out of this because people go into their corners and, and you get ridiculous stuff being said. Sure. What this comes down to is that if you, I, or anybody else handed in a fake resume and were hired for a job and then our prospective employer found out it was all lies, the chances of us actually getting that job would be zero, okay? There should not be special rules for people just because they are in a government. And I agree with you that he will be seated and will likely face a re-election in two years. But, you know, as far as morals and integrity go, that shouldn't have happened because he lied about everything and regular people would not be able to get away with that. David, I tend to agree with most of what you said, although there are a whole bunch of professions in the public eye where it seems like dishonesty is not necessarily a disqualifier. If you look at the millions of dollars that Brian Williams, for instance, was making as an anchor on MSNBC after all his lies when he was an NBC news anchor was exposed, it shows you you can come back from a lot of blatant dishonesty. But if he had been more contrite, if he had said to John Katsimatidis, look, I uh, lost my head. I just got caught up. I was just blatantly dishonest. I apologize and I won't do anything like that again. If he had been more contrite and more sincere sounding in his apology, would that uh, alter your view of the present situation at all? Um. I would have to say no, and I listened to the interview, and you know I'm blind. And when you're blind, you listen very carefully to people because that's the only way you can read them. Just like you said, I didn't hear any sense of contrition or, or, or him being actually sorry. What I heard was someone who slowed down the conversation so that he could think of ways to avoid actually telling the truth, even now. So yeah. I think there's a lot more – to come. I think the financing issue is going to be the thing that brings him down in the end. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's what he's got to worry about most. Thank you, David. Uh, Mitch is in New Jersey. Hello, Mitch. Hey, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, I believe that he should get the same punishment anybody else would get if they lied in front of Congress. 
Plus, I think that because but not it was everybody so gets that same punishment, right? So uh, Roger Clemens may get one set of justice. Roger Stone may get another. Anthony Fauci may get one set of justice, and uh, Clapper and Brennan may get another. So it, it, it's you know there is prosecutorial discretion, and sometimes you lie in front of Congress and you end up with a um, you know a, a multi-year prison sentence. Other times you're not prosecuted at all. So not everybody. Gets Gets that same punishment. Therein lies the problem. We have to set a standard, and the standard for government workers should be higher, not lower. And he didn't just embellish his resume. He made up an entire life. That's true. Yep, that's true. And look, uh, Mitch, for instance, you know, I was just um, I was just talking with a friend of mine about when Congress threw out Jim Trafficant because Congress ultimately, like any legislative body, they can they have the final say over their members. They threw out Adam Clayton Powell Jr. He came back and showed everybody and won anyway. They threw out Jim Trafficant. Do you think if he is seated, if he takes a seat, you think the House should throw him out? I think so. But, you know, whether and I'm a conservative, so it's not like I'm I'm, I'm on the other side of the aisle. But you can't have a, the standard is so low in our government. You talk about Blumenthal and all these other people, Hillary Clinton. I mean, it is so low that we are never going to get better if we continue to allow right. these criminals to to be in our government. Yeah, uh, thank you, Mitch. I, I got to run here. And that's why I really do think the solution is uh, is recall. I think the New York State Legislature, rather than rushing to call a special session to raise their own pay by thirty thousand dollars, I think they should have a special section, a special session of the legislature to institute let a recall for every elected official in the state of New York, like other states do. And uh, let the people be the ones that decide whether he's seated or not or whether he gets to keep his seat. All right. Uh, we're going to continue on Sid and Friends in the morning. This is Frank Morano, 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. This is Sid and Friends in the morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. You know, I was. Uh, this is Sid and Friends in the Morning. I'm Frank Morano. You can normally hear me from 1 to 5 a.m. each and every weekday morning. If you're not up at that time, you can certainly listen to the podcast at WABCRadio.com or just search The uh, the Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It could be argued that uh, we were talking about Anthony Weiner earlier, who did a great job participating in this interview with John Katzimatidis and Lydia Serrani. It could be argued that when his scandal broke, the uh, uh, texting scandal, the twi- Twitter scandal, um, where he couldn't say with certitude that the you know photos you know were not his that he tweeted and so forth, and all those women came forward. 
it could be argued that he resigned for lying, right? A lot of people said that uh, he could have withstood uh, that uh, that scandal back then. You know, you think about uh, what politics and media was like back then. It was in some ways a different world and in some ways very much the uh, the same world. By the way, there's a story in the New York Times today that I got a big kick out of. I'm just going to mention it briefly. Uh, you, you remember the story of Father Louis Giganti? Father Louis Giganti died in October at the age of 90. This was a fascinating man, a fascinating man. He was a Catholic priest. He had built up this community organization in the Bronx, which they say was responsible for rebuilding Hunts Point. He was a city councilman. Catholic priest and a city councilman. He, in fact, ran for Congress, ran against Peter Vallone and uh, Herman Badillo back in, I think, 1970. That was back when Catholic priests could still hold office. You know who else was a Catholic priest that ran for office? John McLaughlin from the McLaughlin Group. A lot of people don't know that. But um, it turns out they went through Father Louis Giganti, his brother, Vincent Chin Giganti, right? the head of the Gen- Genovese crime family. Father Giganti. He had amassed a $7 million fortune during his lifetime. So much for a vow of poverty. Do you know who he left this $7 million fortune to? His son. He has a 32-year-old son that runs a video game cafe here in Manhattan. So (laughs) if this guy was disregarding priestly vows left and right, uh, $7 million left to his son. Wild story. Uh, it's in the Times today if you want to check it out. Uh, very quickly, let me say hello to Russ. You know, actually, Russ, I don't want to rush you because I know you can be verbose. I will save you for Curtis Lee and John Katsimatidis, who will join us after the uh, top of the hour. You are listening to Sid and Friends in the Morning. I will be back at 1 a.m. Uh, with Larry Elder. And a bunch of other fun stuff, a lot of UFO stuff we got coming your way tomorrow. And then I'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. You want to stay in touch with me, you could do so uh, by emailing me at frank.moreno at wabcradio.com. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning, to be continued. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the by lighting up. Boy. From my friends. The star of the show. Boy. Boy. I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Boy. This Boy. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help. My friends. 77 WABC.
This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. I'm Frank Morano, sticking around a, a few more minutes until uh, John Katzmatidis arrives. The man whose newsmaking interview with Congressman-elect George Santos has been making waves literally all over the world. You might have seen the story that the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, has given himself a grade for his first year in office. That grade that he gave himself, what, isn't this great? Well, state legislators can give themselves a pay raise. The mayor can give himself his own grade. Um, the grade that the mayor has given himself is a B plus. Someone who I suspect would give the mayor a far different grade is his erstwhile opponent in last year's general election, former Republican candidate for mayor and uh, the host of uh, about 20 different shows here on WABC, Guardian Angels founder Curtis Lewa. Hello, I Curtis. Guess, uh... He's only as good as Bill de Blasio was, because remember, in my final debate with him at Channel 7, he gave Bill de Blasio a B plus. <laughs> oh, he gave himself the same grade the that he same gave grade. de Blasio? And by That's the way, why. I have a report card from him. Oh, boy. For him, I'll be issuing later today. So <laughs> I'm not giving you any exclusives. But he gets an A++++ for being out of town Adams. Uh, naturally, for his haberdashery, his $5,000 customized suits, I give him a lot of A pluses. But in the areas that most count, he gets D's or F's. Uh, it, uh, certainly, I think the people giving him A's and A's pl- A pluses are some of his cronies and relatives that are doing well, look, very look, well. Wouldn't it be great when, I used to, when we used to be kids, they would give you the report card to bring home to mm. mommy and daddy. And I would get the whiteout. And I would get the ink pen. You couldn't get a big pen. You had to use a ink pen. And you had to very delicately turn a D into a B. Which was not an easy task, and especially when the whiteout began to crumble, and my mother would say, gee, did did you have anything to do with fixing up this report card, Curtis? I, I, I wish I could have given myself my own marks throughout school. Everybody wished they could have. You know, speaking of school, uh, I am now uh, sitting in a studio with two people who admittedly uh, did not complete their collegiate career and have no college degree. What are you talking about? I didn't even finish yeah. high school. <laughs> Fair enough. Why are you putting John in the same category? He went to college. How do you like this guy? I was a college dropout. Yeah, but I'm a high school dropout, John. I got you better. Uh, George Santos, though, uh, did not make that same admission. The thing that I'm trying to figure out, and uh, John, congratulations on a great interview with George yesterday, is why would he lie about something that is so easily verifiable? I mean, you could just look look that up and and see. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Well, his claim is... He exaggerated. Right, anyway, okay. I had the greatest Uber driver uh, anybody could have, Frank uh, Powell. He says he's related to the former Secretary of State. Uh, <laughs> Frank, you were great. You got me here in three minutes. Well, it, it, that's pretty impressive, right? I mean, that's a five-star review. And I'll bet you he didn't At embellish. At least five stars. All right. embellishes. Now we have to do a deep dive. <laughs> we can't believe him. How do we know that he was related to Colin Powell? We don't. I should have been there to give him the question. What high school did Colin Powell go to? Morris High School, correct. All right. You have, uh, was he a Shabbos guy? Did he light the boilers for observant Jews on Saturday? Good. Then you must be related to Colin Powell. Uh, I must be part Jewish. I've been lighting that menorah for 25 years. Or as George Santos says, Jewish. Yeah, I'm right? trying That's to tell you. Everybody Not always... from Hungary. <laughs> right. Everybody now, always... I, just, uh, I just got a text from, from Anthony Weiner. 
He says we should interview at 5 o'clock today Zimmerman. Oh, that might be interesting. He said I'll interview him if he gives us an exclusive. You know, don't forget, we even had an exclusive on the New York Post, which is hard to do. Exactly. But I tell you what, have Zimmerman online, and this is how you handle him, because um, the only time I ever heard Joan Hamburg do a political interview was with uh, Zimmerman for about a half hour. Very nice man, but... How could I you can't take anything for a half hour? I know. But how could you have not done negative research on George Santos? Look, Jacobs, wait, Zimmerman, wait. The, Republicans, the Republicans didn't do it on their uh, own. Oh, oh the wait, Democrats didn't wait, do it. Wait, John. There's a part of this. It? There's a part of this Is puzzle. Part we don't know. Yes, and he's oh, sitting right secret. here. We got secrets from Curtis. Hey, he's sitting right here, and Frank. Did not even mention it. Shame on you, Frank. First of all, I did mention this yesterday. Yeah, I mean, that's yesterday. That's okay. not today. John, I was summoned to a meeting by Joe Cairo, chairman, Nassau County, and some of his key members to a restaurant not far from the old Roosevelt Harness Racetrack. It was in the afternoon. He said, uh, you know, this congressional district, the Swansea district, it's going back and forth. Remember, they were reconfigurating like every five days. They changed it 11 times. I mean. Because we've analyzed. Is that the district that was in five different uh, counties? No, no. That was uh, that was the, that, no, that was the Sean Patrick Maloney, basically that district. Yeah. Which is now the Michael Lawler district. But it's basically a big chunk at the time was Whitestone Bayside. And then it went over to the North Shore, Leonard's. You know, you could go to a wedding there. You would have been in the district. Uh, Great Neck, all the Persians, and then further along the Long Island Sound. So they said to me, would you be interested in running for that seat based on the way the lines are drawn? So they had done the configuration, John, that I had done very well in that Queens area, actually had beaten uh, Eric Adams in that area. And would I be interested? You know how far we got into that conversation? A, they supported Zelda, and I was supporting Andrew Giuliani at that time, so we got into an argument. Then Mangano, who obviously they didn't want to see go to jail as a corrupt uh, county executive, I was certainly was uh, uh, campaigning for that. And then we discovered the seat, and I ended up telling them, guys, uh, you know, George Santos did very well that first time around against Swazi. He actually lost on the paper count. And secondly, I'm not a carpetbagger. You know, well, Zimmerman I, I, is my friend. I know him. I know the guy for like 40 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, ask him, John. Hey, you had a, all millions of dollars. You didn't do any negative research. All you had to do was Google on George Santos. But is it really fair to blame Zimmerman for yes. Santos lying? Yes. Okay. No, they should have done a little more. Homework. No, I, I don't disagree with you. But listen, the truth is, we don't know the truth. Well, it's true. Uh, that all is right. true. Well. Curtis. The truth I think, is we don't know the truth. I think that Joe Cairo... See, no, see the word is think. Yes. See, I that, think, right. See, think. We don't know the truth. Why would you be sitting down with me after your candidate did so well, just barely lost to the sitting congressman, Swazi, unless you had an inclination that something was not right well, with George Santos? Now, the reason they probably didn't want to go at him is, A, he claimed to be gay. We don't even know if he's gay now. Well, I uh, care less. I mean, you and know. he was Hispanic. And actually, he's a Brazilian background. He's not Hispanic. That's right. You know, people but, still have the people in Brazil 
confused with being Hispanic <laughs> That's true. versus Portuguese. But, I don't because uh, I have guardian angels Curtis, in Rio de Janeiro. You, you had Grant Lolly's uh, media outlet, the uh, North Shore leader. They basically said in their endorsement of Zimmerman, and they're a right-leaning paper, they said they didn't believe uh, uh, Santos's background. You had the Cook Political Report say the same thing. And a lot of national Republicans were quoted as saying that they didn't buy into it. They didn't get into the detail that the Times did here, but uh, there were at least some whispers that there was something fishy about the things that Santos was claiming. Look, he claimed to be gay. He claimed to be a Hispanic. He's still claiming to be gay. Uh, that was the daily double. Well, you get more votes. <laughs> exactly. Right. But that yes, was that he was covered all bases. That was the he daily. Was gay. He was Jewish. Right. He was a Holocaust survivor. Baruch graduate, uh, NYU yeah. graduate, Goldman, and Citigroup. I want to find out how many Jewish groups gave him money. Because remember, they were screaming there's a depletion of Jewish Congress people in the area. The only one left was Nadler. I would bet you they shoveled a ton of money, especially Republican Jews, in the direction of George Santos. And where did he get the money to run? Well, that's the question nobody seems to have an answer to. And John uh, tried to press him on this I asked him, him last night. I said it was yesterday. your money. He says it was my money. Well, it was interesting now, how he answered this point, that. At this point, I think, look. Uh, if he did anything wrong, I think it's uh, up to the U.S. attorney to, to find out. I completely agree. But you can't say, oh, he, you know, he won, but we can't see that. Yeah, well, now, hold on a second. Unless yeah. New York You had, believe he should be seated, Curtis? Unless New no, York let, had let me, hold, hold No, on, wait, guys. answer the question. Yes a or police, no? Wait, cadet, Don't wait for the translation. Answer me now. going for an interview to become a police officer would not qualify to be a police officer lying like that. What and we're going to let this Rick guy be a congressman. <laughs> right or wrong, if you answered those questions to the police department, any police department, and they did a background check, which they did, and they found out you were fraudulent, you couldn't even be a police officer. He's going to get to be a congressman? Wait a second. You know what the biggest joke was? When, uh, what was it, Ross Johnson, the prime minister of England? Bar- Boris Johnson. Boris, right. Boris Johnson. And, and, and he, he told a little white lie about a party. A party. And they made him leave as prime minister. Now, if those standards were in Washington, <laughs> we, would, we would not have a Congress. We would not have a quorum. You wouldn't be able to have a quorum to even discuss some of the issues. It's very interesting. Shame on you, Frank Morano. Well, I am ashamed of myself, but what for specifically? Here it is. A cop, an average blue-collar working-class guy or gal, wants to become a police officer in any department. They, have to, they do a background check. If, if they had lied to the police department like this, they'd have no chance of being well, a cop. Well, look, but you want him to be a congressman. No, I don't want him to be a congressman. But look, you had at least two media outlets that said what he was saying wasn't true. Um, it's not our job to save the voters from themselves. The voters voted they for this They didn't know guy. this. Well, I, again, th- that's uh, that shows you, one, how we need recall do you in New think, York State. And that, two, do you think they would have elected local... this guy if if this all this information well, had been known? it goes back to President Biden. If they thought President Biden had all times, do you think he would have gotten those extra votes? I actually do think that Biden still would have won because I think most of the people that voted for Biden didn't vote for him. I think they voted mostly against Trump. I don't think they cared well, that's who was, too, who was running that. against Trump. I think it was just a, a, a Trump versus other situation. But wait a second. That would be interesting. Side by side, Joe Biden with all the stories he tells. Every week it's a different story that proves not to be true. 
and compare it to George Santos. Issue by issue. Going back to popcorn. No, no. Remember? Corn pop. Corn pop. <laughs> corn pop was a bad Driving dude, an 18 wheel tractor trailer. Uh, how about uh, get, uh, the, uh, the, uh, getting arrested Alex, to try to go Alex see Garrett Nelson Mandela? Is, Alex Garrett is texting me. Well, sure, he would have set, set uh, uh, George Santos. I think Little it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. You know, again, we pointed out yesterday, you have the state senator in Brooklyn that won re-election. She did the same thing Santos did. She didn't have the financial problem that Santos uh, has had, but she raised a lot of – she lied about her whole background. Well, of course, she's still in the state senator. Salazar, get this, uh, John. She claimed she was poor and impoverished and of Jewish background. Turns out the person who turned on her publicly was her own mother. You liar! What are you talking about? We raised you six family house in Florida. She claimed she was from Colombia. She couldn't find it on a map. She claimed she was related, uh, you know, a Jewish lineage. No Jewish lineage. She oh, was she a also Christian. Falsely claimed a sexual so bottom assault. line. Bottom line, guys. There should be the Republicans and the Democrats should have their own little commission to make sure that the people they're running are legitimate. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think New York should have recall also, so that if you find out something about a candidate that uh, but causes you'll be you busy, to... you'll be busy on recall every day. Exactly. Yeah. Well, every you, day. Won't, you won't stop. Well, you know, you'll be recalling everything. Maybe you'd think twice about lying about your whole background before you run for I office. I mean, the whole thing, John. I, I I would have asked if I were in the room with you and Anthony and the others here. I would have said, George, let's start out by you telling us just one thing that's truthful about your life. Other than maybe your name. Maybe it's not even his name. Has anybody actually done the deep dive on that? He may not be George Santos. You should demand the birth certificate like Donald Trump. Exactly. See what the birth we, certificate John, says. John, we demand the birth certificate. All right. 800. The truth is, we don't know what the truth is. That's right. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. John, so he did admit to essentially 80% of what the Times claimed was true. Do you think? Well, I mean, no, you know, numbers play tricks. Well, seventy percent, let's say. He, he says he exaggerated about Goldman Sachs. He worked for a subsidiary well, of well, Goldman Sachs and Baruch, right? And Baruch. Yes. He, he's now admitting he didn't graduate from college. He's admitting uh, that these four. See, from day one, I admitted I was a, exactly. a college dropout. Well, you're an honest guy. Wait a you're second. An honest Hold guy. on. That he didn't graduate from Baruch and NYU. Did he even go to Baruch or NYU? He is claiming, I, as I understand it, well, that he went where's to the Baruch. Proof? I don't have to. Look, I, everybody I knows I've it. been kicked out of Brooklyn Prep. Peter King, the every five knows. seconds, says, right. I graduated John Brooklyn. certifies Exactly. He says, yeah, courtesy, we got kicked out. The whole world knows that. Peter King reminds everybody that he graduated Brooklyn Prep, and I got kicked out. As fun as this is, I have to make sure they don't go and ticket my car. So I'm going to get out of here. I will uh, leave the rest of the program to you. I will be listening. I'll be back tomorrow, uh, beginning at 1 a.m. Can you find out one thing, if George Santos is really gay or not? I mean, that to me, that is the most concerning issue. That you would lie about being gay, George Santos? Your your obsession with his sexuality. Why don't we interview his ex-wife? Yes! Perfect. Oh, I just gave the suggestion. Like the that. New That's York good. Post. That's they have pretty a, good. Eleven thousand reporters. The New York Post is the be sitting on his doorstep and the and the guy he's supposedly married to now that we've never seen. And you've heard who his new press secretary is going to be? Who's that? Brian Williams. He's in need of a job. It's going to be Brian Williams oh taking God, over man, his I'm press department. A lame joke that was. <laughs> <laughs> and start questioning. Get him out of here. <laughs> 
800-848-9222. He's still up from uh, last night. That's right. All right. Uh, John Katsimatidis and Curtis Lee were taking you the rest of the way. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I'm going to have myself a real good time. I feel alive. All right, we've swapped Whose music out. is this? Is this is not your oh, this, music, Curtis? No. This is not my music. Gosh. Is this left over from Morano? Yeah, sitting down, we'd be sitting shiver with this music. Yeah, you think you could pump up the volume, you know, and people are Who freezing the out there. Uh, anyway, um, last time on Friday, John, before uh, Sid left for the week for vacation with his family, I warned him in the morning with his son here, remember? Yes. I said, you better get a generator. You better get a buzzsaw, and you better get uh, uh, a pump for your basement for all the water out there in the Rockaway. Oh, no, no, no. And his own son said, Dad, we're two, ba- two, two blocks away from the beach. And he texted me back later on. He said, you and my son were right. We're underwater. As you know, the Rockaways ended up underwater, Broad Channel, uh, Howard Beach. So he's probably working I, the pump. I got, I got pictures from my beach house. It's eating away at the dune. Uh-oh. It's slowly crawling towards the house. <laughs> well, uh, the story of the day, bar none, is we swap out Frank Morano. He's on his way back to Staten Island, and we're sitting in the rest of the way to 10 o'clock. Is, um, and don't forget, it's still dark. The sun hasn't come up. We're from, what do you call it, in the Bahamas? 38 states, parts of Canada, right, a sliver of Europe, and right on down to Davy Jones's locker between the Bahamas and Bermuda. the ships are going down, they're listening to us. That's right, they're listening. But uh, the big story was the story that you broke here on WABC last night on your 5 o'clock roundtable discussion. I know you had former congressman. Worldwide. Distribution. Yeah, and you had former uh, congressman. And you should see the nasty stuff the New York Times uh, wrote on their thing. Of, I mean, of course, because you, you you beat them to the punch, John. You beat the old gray no, lady to the punch. Listen, I hope Santos told the truth, and I hope I hope he sues the New York Times. What can I tell you? Well, yeah, go <laughs> ahead and knock yourself out. We saw how Sarah Palin tried to do that, uh, uh, a bunch of others. How you, far did he get her? No, you, you <laughs> don't even get to first base. But anyway, the point being is the story of the day is George Santos because of what originally the New York Times revealed to all of us that most people did not know. This is the elected congressman. Uh, on the old Tom Swazi seat, North Shore, Long Island, a bit of Queens. He lost the first time to Swazi. The second time, uh, he wins the race against his uh, Democratic challenger. Uh, first time ever, two openly gay guys are running for a seat, the Republican and the Democrat. So there was a lot of interest. Well, he wasn't competing in the gay community. Yes, yes. And he won, overwhelmingly. And then all of a sudden, he may not have won. We'll see how this all uh, comes about. But in your interview, uh, John, it seems like, um, would it be safe to say that he was doing the double Dutch in terms of answering your questions? Well, he seemed like he thought about it a little bit before he answered. He had to. Listen, we got, is it, we got Murray O'Brien? Oh, no, no. On, OB, on, on the OB line? Murray on what's, the line. What's an OB Murray? OB Murray, what does OB doing? stand for? O'Brien. OB, all right. OB O'Brien. Yeah, now, are you yeah, Irish or are you English? A little bit, John. A little bit, John. Yeah, yes, yes. But, uh, no, it's O'Brien Murray. My mom's maiden name is my first name. So Murray Murray's your last name? Yes, yes, John. Yes. I'd say that's an unusual name. I was getting a little nervous. Can you nervous. certify that? 
<laughs> you have you a passport? I'll send it over. I'll send my birth certificate today, John. All right. Okay. So what's your two? Now, well, is George Santos, Santos his, his real name? Will, will Santos send his? That's the question. Yeah, well, as John asked, is George Santos his real name? Because I am one that doesn't believe now anything about this guy. Anything at all. Well, George's been out there for two cycles. He came, he came up last cycle to run. As you said, he, he won on election day, lost in the paper. I think the party and everybody thought he was properly vetted in that race the first time through. Uh, to give it enough of a, a run the second time through. I think, Curtis, the, the meeting you had out in Nassau was not unusual, I think, given the fact that when Santos ran the first time, he ran when nobody else was running it at that point. At that, also, when you spoke, I think that was during redistricting, and there was one iteration of redistricting that had the district even better for Republicans. At one point, John, this did have five counties in it going from Suffolk up to Westchester. That's when Biagi was going to get in the race as well. So there was a lot of movement on who should run for their seat and why. Biagi. My God, Biagi. You know, I stopped uh, my friend, uh, her uh, uncle, uh, Mario Biagi Jr., and I said to him, your father, your father is turning in his grave. How can you have a, a grand, uh, what is she, a grand nephew? A grand, no, it's not a granddaughter. It's a grand oh, nephew. Grandniece. 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 That is a socialist. Well, and that was Mario tried to run for Congress after he'd come out of jail that time, too, John, back in 92. Well, is there anything he did, wrong with that? He did, well, he did a poll to see if he could win or do anything, and he couldn't be competitive, so he didn't. Well, what so. do we do now with O'Brien? I think if you, go with, if you go with Santos right now, John, the one of the challenges. I am he has for the truth. Legal. I am whoever speaks the truth. Yeah, well, I am pro the, truth. The question right now is the legal aspects of what what would happen to him, and all, what they want right now is for him to get sworn in, handle the speaker's race, and once that's taken care of, he then can figure out whether he stays in or whether he leaves Congress. That'd be the big question. If he's going to file paperwork because he's a member of Congress, and it, it's all is going to put him in jeopardy. If he resigns Congress, there may be things he doesn't have to file. All right, but ethically, we have a candidate. I'm a Republican uh, who is flawed. Wait, wait, wait. You're a Republican? Yeah, I'm a registered Republican. This week. Manhattan GOP. This this week. This week. week. I may may have to jump ship after this. The Independence Party, the Freedom Party. Well, the the Reform Party. I was the chairman. The Reform Party. There's 11 different parties you're a member of. Exactly. But, but O'Brien, quite frankly, this is the most flawed candidate I think I have ever seen in my life. I mean, we talked about Salazar being flaw, uh, flawed, the state senator in Brooklyn, and she is. If Congress was, were, was vetted on lying or not lying, how many members of Congress would be left? You wouldn't have a quorum. You wouldn't be able to actually uh, vote on any legislation. You'll have less than 235, so you couldn't vote for a speaker. But, but what about all the voters there who were told one thing, and it turns out that nothing about this guy is true? Nothing. Well, how about that guy in California? What's his name? Murray? What's the guy's name in California? What are you about, John? The guy that always tells the truth, the Democratic guy. The, 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 oh, uh, uh, Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff. What a, you know, what a stellar guy. Out of 100 uh, words out of his mouth, how many are true? You, you have your answer, John. I know that. Yep. So, so Obi, basically, you're saying that he's a place a place setter. He needs to be there to try to guarantee that McCarthy becomes the Speaker of the House, 
and then he's basically on his own. Well, he won the seat, and therefore, until he's out of the seat, it, it's his. It's, he represents the people. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't give the man a seat, it's going to happen. They'll they'll find something to go after every single elected person. Like, well, what's going seated. on? What's going on with the Asian guy in in Brooklyn? Oh yeah, but that's uh, about residency. You're talking about Lester Chang. Well, that's what it, well, listen, that's what we just said. If, if you don't seat the person, seated. they'll go after every single person elected, and they'll find some excuse well, I ask not this. to seat him. Where have been uh, any rallies on his behalf? Where are all his supporters? They're stunned, Ob. I, I haven't heard are, are one person gays, out are there. Are the gays uh, uh, equal uh, opportunity? I, I'm telling you, they don't even believe he's gay anymore. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing about this guy that appears to be true. Nothing. Well, and the, well the oppo you're talking about too. You guys discussed earlier. Uh, Zimmerman was on TV the other day on Dan Abrams' show talking about it, where they spent about twenty or twenty-two thousand dollars on oppo against Zimmerman. Now he says on oppo. I wonder if any of that oppo was spent in the primary against the opponents, possibly. But usually what happens is after a big primary like that, the, the, the party, in this case the DCCC, will have the oppo book all set there on Zimmerman. That's normally what would happen. I, I got to tell you, book? all you had That's to do question. was Google. It's called Google. You didn't have to spend a lot of money. Google, hit Google, OB, and a lot of this stuff would not have come up about what he says about his life. Simply, Listen, you, wait, consultants can't make any money that way. Well, Don't use true, the but, word free but in front I, of I'd like, I'd like to hear from Zimmerman like you raised uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, and how much did you spend on negative research on this guy? He's, he's, he's quoted to say about $20,000. And, and well, he should get his money back. He needs a rebate. Well, you mentioned, Curtis, you mentioned the issue of Google. If you spend less than 100 bucks and go into any of those websites to check backgrounds, I would bet in there you'll find a lot of holes in everything. Yeah, I, 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 both parties now, they defend their own. So if you lie, Blumenthal, uh, I served in Vietnam, you lied. Salazar, you know, I was born impoverished. Uh, I was from Jewish background. I came from Colombia. Almost completely lied. She's the state senator. And now the most egregious of all, George Santos. That is why, OB, people do not trust politicians. They think they're all thieves and they're all liars. And you know what? After a story like this, why wouldn't you think that? And, and that's the challenge on Election Day is getting the message across about why to vote for somebody, not just against somebody. All right. Well, OB, uh, Murray, thanks for your two-cent plane on this matter. Coming up, Anthony Weiner, a member of our WABC family here, but also somebody who also had to go under the electron microscope it's uh, John Katsimatidis, yours tr- truly, Curtis Sliwa here. It's Sid and friends, although at times I'm a foe, so we'll have to put that in uh, a little bit of a hyphen. How here. many friends does Sid actually have? Uh, he's got a lot of friends, and he's got one big foe. It's called Curtis Sliwa right here, WABC, trying to make sure we give a balance, yeah, as they say. This is Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. God, where are you finding this music from? Yo, we, we got to pump up the volume, volume here, Diego, please. Anyway, uh, who's picking this music? Diego and Justin Ellick. I mean, real poop. They must be younger than us. I don't know where they're finding this. It. Like hipster millennial crap. But anyway, Sid Rosenberg away till Monday. John Katzenmatinis, man of the hour, with the exclusive interview with. Uh, 
George Santos last night, and in addition to uh, uh, John hosting, as he does every Monday through Friday, the roundtable discussion at 5, in the house with him, both before substituting for uh, Bo Snurdly uh, from 4 to 5, and then he jumped right in, is uh, our own Anthony Weiner. Anthony, um, yeah, you've been through your own tussles in terms of being under the electron microscope. What did you think of George Santos's answers to John's questions and your questions yesterday on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion? Well, first of all, fellas, I'm insulted you don't recognize the theme music from The Middle, my top-rated Saturday show that is, has all the world talking. That was my theme music that brought you in. Come on, guys. Curtis, you're there with him. Why don't, why don't you recognize Oh, God, because they don't play it when it's left versus what right an hour later. I'd say, I'm walking out. I'm walking out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me just answer your question, Curtis. First, I think it's a really great catch that we, we got that. That was a radio exclusive. We, we had it before. And it was... Look, Santos seemed to to me to be wanting to attack the New York Times, attack his 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 attackers. But when when John Liddy and I asked him questions, he basically copped to every allegation that he made stuff up. And so, I mean, look, I I kind of agree with the consensus. I think you disagree, with Curtis. That they should see them because unlike a job application, I heard you earlier, Curtis. Unlike a job application, the person that, that is hiring is the voters of that district. They had access to it. They wanted to. They could have asked these questions. They made the decision that other issues were more important. But the real challenge that he faces now is what I ran into when I lied, and that is that they throw this to the ethics committee, and it turns into a multimillion-dollar investigation. You got to hire lawyers to defend yourself and everything else. So he's not out of the woods. He's going to get seated because Kevin McCarthy needs every vote he can get. But once it goes to the ethics committee. If he violated any filing rules, if he said anything that crossed a legal line, um, he could wind up being in hot water for a long time. If nothing else, his constituents are going to have a very distracted Congress. Now, I'm very confused by what you said. His constituents had an opportunity to know. They didn't know. If the election were held tomorrow, he'd be voted out. Uh, When you are interviewing for a civil service position— You have to sit for an interview and give your background, and it's checked, especially when you become a police officer. If a uh, police candidate had made up their entire resume, they wouldn't qualify to become a cop. That's why people are so angry at politics, is that they see, oh, wait, there's a double standard. For you, it's... Curtis, but let let me just say, it's not the job application is the campaign. The words that are said on the campaign, the literature that's on the campaign, the newspaper stories on the campaign, that's the job That's the job application. Voters are free to ignore or to accept anything that they find. Now, I think the media did not do a great job here. I don't think Newsday did a great job. I don't think Zimmerman did a great job. But ultimately, it's kind of – you know what the, analysis, the analogy would be a, a trial? You bring all the evidence. The jury gets to decide, and then something comes out later. You don't go back and say, wait a minute, I got something new. This is the way it works. Now, if you don't like him, throw him out in two years. Yeah, but I can't. Do you understand, Anthony? Because you served in Congress. You understand what an average working class guy or gal thinking of this now is? Are you kidding? If I told my bosses that, if I submitted that on an application, they would tell me, see you later, alligator. Right or wrong? Well, listen. Well, that's probably politics is different, Curtis. you know, yeah, this is not an. Uh, this is a job application that involves more than just the facts on someone's resume. 
What if they decided they wanted a republic? Look, what did this race come down to? The red wave, which disappeared across the country, was definitely present in New York. And he he rode that red wave. No one is more surprised to have this controversy than George Santos, because he didn't think he was going to get elected. Oh, no, he did. He almost beat Swazi the last time, Anthony. He almost beat Swazi the last time. And nobody knew his challenge. And nobody. It's not like he was running against Swazi again, a household name. Uh, He had momentum. He had been in the district. He knocked on doors. Uh, He was a younger person with a lot of energy. It's just that there's nothing about this guy that is true. I'm not even sure if his name is George Santos. Well, here's I mean, here's the big question. And John brought it up yesterday during the interview. The money stuff crosses the line from being deceptive to being illegal. If it turns out that that's the case, then you have filings that you've had to do at the House that you're not allowed to lie on, tax filings that you're not allowed to lie on. There's a lot of elements of this. That could could catch him. Now, as John pointed out yesterday in the interview, the legal stuff is someone else's job. That's the U.S. attorney. That's the criminal justice system. But let I say this. That's what if he does get job. indicted? But what, what if he does get indicted, gets thrown into jail? Do you think that, that, that his voters could still vote? Well, why don't you admit? Wait, wait, Anthony, because people in Congress and the Senate think they're better than anybody. You cannot arrest a congressman or congresswoman while in session, correct? Well, that's not true. Yes, it is. Uh, talk to a no, guy down not. in you Florida. Well, with no, one point, no, no, no. You, you cannot, cannot arrest them. You cannot sue. No, no. You cannot no, sue no, no. a congressman guys, for lying. You, you guys are both wrong. Is, am I, am I wrong? If you lie, if you You're lie wrong. on wrong. on this uh, in Congress, you cannot be sued. Well, I, if you mean on the floor of Congress as part of your official duties, it's called the speech and debate clause. Yes, but that doesn't mean you, you can, can say lie anything taxes. you want. It doesn't mean ask Adam Schiff. That's, that, would you stay? You, you, let's get Adam Schiff on the show today. No, the, the fact is that even even the speech and debate clause is limited to only as part of your official duties, et cetera. You can't lie on tax forms. You can't lie on, a, on, on an ethics form. He's not out of the woods because think about it, fellas. If he lied on the yes, little but, stuff. But, but if the Republicans need his vote, he, the ethics committee will never come up. That's not true. I got you, John. It's the one committee in Congress that's 50-50. And they do things straight down down the middle. Now I, I trust them. Is, I is. really do. I don't trust them, Anthony. And no citizens trust the Congress to supervise themselves and scru- rate scrutinize themselves. Listen, I, well, the only re- you know, you know, I'm an ironic person to be talking about this because I resigned for lying, right? I, I didn't resign because I did anything that violated House rules. I didn't do anything that violated the law. I resigned for lying. Now, but the way they got me to resign is Nancy Pelosi said, do whatever you want, but this is going to the Ethics Committee. And I called up a lawyer and said, hey, would you represent me before the Ethics Committee? They said, how wealthy are you? <laughs> because if they want to tie you up in ethics investigation, you are done. And that's probably going to happen to Santos. Now, because I'm sure if he lied about, about, about his heritage, he lied about his money. Now, the worst thing of the many indiscretions of uh, George Santos, if in fact that is his name, is I noticed Tish James jumped in because he ran a fake nonprofit for helping animals in distress. Having run a nonprofit now for 44 years, uh, that's the way they can get you. He was not registered. He's not a 501c3. And no doubt he built elderly women who love animals. I guarantee you that's how they're going to hang this guy. 
And when these elderly women who probably donated to the cause of helping animals that he supposedly was representing, they will be outside of wherever he's living with pitchforks and torches and want to hang the guy. Yeah, the only problem with that, Curtis, I bet you he never had an organization. Well, that's what I'm saying. He collected money. Oh, well, well we, we don't, according to the New York Times, he had one listing on a Facebook page has come to this organization. I mean, all he has to do is say that I didn't do anything. Hey, I, I think there's a lot of pitfalls here for the guy. I, I, I 100% think that. And now the guy's in this mea culpa phase. Even his website has taken down all the, 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 the allegations. Um, but you're right. This guy, if this guy lied about, if he lied about being a, uh, his, his grandparents being Holocaust survivors, do you really think he told? Well, he got the Jewish vote that way, and then he got the gay yeah. vote. <laughs> and I would bet you, Anthony, and you know the big move this uh, this congressional year is. Woe is me. We have only one Jew left in Congress, Nadler. There's no more Jews. We need to support every Jew running for Congress. He probably milked that to the max. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he probably did. He seems to me, look, I don't know the man. He seems to me someone who's been kind of chameleon-esque, you know, that he just did whatever he thought he needed to do to get ahead, and no one's more surprised than he that he's sitting in Congress right now. All and, of that and wait, wait, said, wait, wait, and probably the worst, John, and you can relate to this. He goes to St. Rita's Parish in Long Island City. His family attended there. They're Catholics. And his mother dies. Uh, she also, he made up her uh, resume. She wasn't the person he claimed she was. And then he tells the uh, padre, the father, we have no money for the wake and the funeral. And they let him pass the hat. They let him pass and collect money. What where, What happened to that money? He went to in the church. His own mother had died. He, and he was bilking people of money. What a shanda. What a disgraziata. Is that certified by the Catholic Church? Yes, it's, it's in all the stories. Uh, the the, the uh, parish priest there at St. Rita's in Long Island City. Can you imagine that? They let him pass the hat. What happened to the money, George, if that's your name? I think we lost Anthony hey, yeah, on that number. Hey, guys, can I, can, I, can, can I make a plug before you drop me? Go ahead. Plug it. I'm, I'm filling in for Bo Snurdly today at 4, and we're going to be talking about this. And I'm going to talk about the, about the difference between lying because you're embarrassed about something you did and lying in a campaign. So tune in at 4 o'clock. Tune in at 4 o'clock for uh, Anthony Weiner. Oh, God. <laughs> great great, well, music. What do you, what great do you, music. I don't even know. What is it? Now, wait a second. John, you have some of the best crackerjack investigators in the private sector that ever existed. Might this be a job for them, John? Absolutely, but they're busy on other stuff. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, they're busy investigating certain unions that are trying to whatever. And also retail theft, which is a plague in the city. we got to talk about that. So many businesses that you know of, John, that are just not going to make it uh, to the beginning of the year. Oh, let me tell you, the amount of stores that have closed in New York, I think 760 stores in, in the last six months. We're going to talk about that and so much more as it's... And, and uh, Mr. Zimmerman may be calling in. Ooh, ooh. Oh, good, good. Mr. Mr. Zimmerman. I oh, will catch you on at 4 o'clock today. Anthony Weiner for Bo Snurley. We continue on with Sid and friends and his one foe, me, in the morning. Boy, this is Sid and friends in the morning. Friends, how many of us have- 
77 WABC. Where are they finding this music from? Huh. Oh, it's getting better. Oh, this okay. is from our generation. Okay, all right, all right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna contest this. This is the cousin Brucey generation. Yes, and by the way, uh, the beginning of the Sid and Friends show, he says, "Is that Goy? Is he referring to us now that we're substituting for him this week? He'll be back on Monday." As Goy. Is that Goy or Oi uh, that he says? See, look, Diego has no idea. He's still not. But anyway, uh, I understand you may have a very special guest next hour. Well, I will talk to him one-on-one, and uh, hopefully he calls in. This will be very good because uh, there's nobody who would know more about this. You had John Katsimatidis, who ran for mayor in 2013. Uh, I was able to run for mayor this last time. These are issues we had to deal with personally because you have adversaries. Almost everybody's an old mayoral candidate. Exactly. Anthony Weiner, old mayoral candidate. (laughs) You know the whole thing with Anthony? Yes. He would have won if he didn't screw up the second time around. Yes. Yeah, he was ahead in the polls. Yes, absolutely. I, I'm telling you, John, I was at the Flag Day ceremony in the gardens in Forest Hills. I was there with my two youngest sons, Carter and Hunter and Melinda Katz at that time. It's an annual thing. It's a beautiful ceremony in honor of the flag. And on that day, guess who comes up? The former congressman, Anthony Weiner. And he was announcing he was running for the mayoralty. Two blocks away was Christine Quinn, who was ahead in the polls, chosen by Bloomberg to follow him. And with Joe Crowley at the time, head of the Queens Democratic Party, he said, I'm running. And the first poll out, John, right after all the Michigan she was involved in, he was ahead of everybody. And that included de Blasio at that time that was way back in the pack, way back in the pack. And then, uh, unfortunately, he imploded. Or he would have been the mayor. He would have been the mayor. And he would have been a damn better mayor than de Blasio. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That I probably certified. He knew things. uh, You know, he's a smart guy. He's a a Brooklyn Tech graduate. Brooklyn Tech graduate. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Tech, alma mater, molder of men. (sighs) Brooklyn Tech. We used to say rec tech. Rec Tech, because you guys had... We had some football team. Yeah, you had a good football, but you also had an advantage. You could carry weapons, because on your way to school and then running back from school to the subway train so you wouldn't get mugged, you had the uh, you had the slide rule, uh, you had the T-bar, and you had the... Uh, what is that? Now our store managers have Rocky Colorado bar. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, autograph act. we got to discuss that coming up, but a very special guest... Who will be joining us at the top of the hour. Hopefully. It has been uh, George Santos, if that is his name, because of the great interview that John had with his 5 o'clock roundtable discussion. John, Lydia, I understand, is going to be calling in at uh, 825. You think her Albanians have done a deep dive and figured out? uh, Every Albanian in the city tunes in to listen to Lydia. Absolutely. I'm telling you, you don't want to go anywhere. John Katzmatidis, he's the newsmaker. Yours truly, I'm along for the ride. I'll be back with you at 12.15 to 1 with even more details on a guy that I think his name is George Santos, but I'm not even sure, exclusively right here on WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi!
Uh, this is definitely John Casamitita's sweet spot. We have uh, Robert Zimmerman on. He was the opposition uh, candidate to uh, uh, George Santos. And um, it's going to be a one-on-one, uh, jo- uh, uh, Robert, as I promised you. Good morning, you. John. We know each good other morning, for... John. Good morning, Good Long morning. Time. We know each other for 40 years. Uh, we used to do the Bill Clinton campaigns together. We used to do the exactly right. so many things together. And how can uh, this happen? Uh, let me ask you a question. Since he did win the election, mm-hmm. uh, should he be seated? Look, I think he's, if George Sanders had any shred of decency, he would resign and not take office. I mean, he admitted publicly already to defrauding the voters of the 3rd Congressional District. Lying about his background, his education, his job, his job path, his career, uh, the positions he held, lying about his religion, exploiting the Holocaust for personal political gain. It doesn't get much. It doesn't get lower than that. And so I, I think he has absolutely no, no right to public trust. He has violated public trust and honor and is certainly not fit for public office. John, this is a much bigger issue than Democrat versus Republican. We can all have our political differences, and that's healthy and good. But we have to respect the integrity of our public officials. And certainly what, uh, Kat, what Santos has already acknowledged in the interviews he's done, uh, both about the lies about his personal life, his faith, his, his jobs, is, is disgraceful by itself. But on top of that, he also lied about, in fact, uh, writing bad checks. He admitted he wrote bad checks. He admitted that he just disregarded a court order to pay back rent. I mean, this is not someone who's worthy of public office, and he hasn't even gotten to the real scandal, which is how did the person with virtually a net worth of $40,000, let's say, loan his own campaign $700,000, and where does his wealth come from? How did he go from, I think, what, $50,000 two years ago to having a net worth of $11 million today? Uh, These are important questions he has to answer. Has he said he has a net worth of $11 million? He said so. He raised it in one of his financial disclosure forms. He reported having vast wealth. I think a t- pop, perhaps topping close to eleven million dollars. Wow! In one of his financial disclosure forms, uh, it was a range. It was a range topping at eleven million. The point is, how did he grow? How did he grow such enormous assets? Uh, and he didn't. Look, we all know George Santos is bought. The question is, who bought him? It came out according to the Daily Beast. It reported that he received over $50,000 from relatives of Russian oligarchs. At the same time, he was tweeting anti-Ukrainian government statements and also tweeting pro-Russian sentiments. So let's face it, Russian oligarchs didn't pick him out of Tinder. They didn't find him on America's Got Talent. Why do they mark him? That, that is the $64 billion question. No, I should say $64 trillion because that's what Congress votes on now. John, that shouldn't be a question. George Santos is acting like a fugitive from the law. He should not have gone into hiding when the New York Times broke their story. He should have come forward and immediately answered the questions. Instead, he did what fugitives do. Well, he gave WABC an exclusivity last night, and then he did come on. A week later. A week later. Why didn't he speak immediately to these issues? Well, you know, the truth is, Robert, you know, we know each other. The guy probably said uh, had an oh crap moment and say, you know needed a week to uh, recover. Well, that's, that's something he didn't recover 
Because when he went on ABC radio, he just admitted to lying. That's the point. And he admitted to writing a bad check. He admitted to, he admitted, acknowledged just ignoring, as he said, uh, obligation to pay $12,000 in back rent, just forgot about it, even though he was ordered to pay it. Uh, so it's not, a, it's not an oh crap moment. The real disgrace is the fraud he perpetrated in the congressional district. Everybody's Let's saying. Let's not forget that. I, uh, Robert Zimmerman, I understand that. Everybody's saying, why didn't the DCCC pick it up uh, as opposition research on your side? Why did the RNC on, on uh, his side pick it up? And uh, who has the obligation? Why didn't the reporters pick it up? Well, who has the obligation to find out the truth before the election? And we'll, let's John, talk about before John, the election, and then we'll talk about after the election. Okay, John, first of all, not everybody's saying it, because the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee put out an 87-page report about George Santos that was widely distributed. The New York Times acknowledged that they use some of that information in their report as well. But the, real, you know, but the reality is we have to support our local media because our local media has faced so many, so many layoffs and has shut down so many services because of the economy. They're not able to do the independent investigative journalism we need them to do. And that's the critical point here. So information was out there. You can't expect a campaign to do what the New York Times did. They have contacts in Brazil. Uh, and they were able to find out the information about George Santos uh, violating the law in Brazil and escaping and le literally leaving the country to avoid prosecution. You can't expect a campaign to hire a genealogist like the Daily Beast did to trace his Jewish heritage. A campaign has, you know, 10 we, we had I became the nominee August 23rd. We had 10 weeks to build a general election campaign. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee did opposition research. Now, obviously, we need strong investigative journalism, and that means we all have to support our local media. That's critical. This was not a high-profile race. Most people, frankly, were focusing on, understandably, in the media. The governor's race, crime was such a critical issue. They were focusing on many aspects of the midterm election. And so it was frustrating that there wasn't more attention from the press, but many issues were, were raised during the campaign. For example, Based upon the opposition research, we talked about George Santos' support for the insurrection movement. We talked about his outrageous statements about a national ban on abortion. Uh, so those were brought up. Other issues uh, were needed more investigation. And regrettably, you know, the media just needs more support, needs more, more financial support so they can uh, play that role. Well, no, I, I believe in supporting local media. I mean, I... I mean, let's face it. I'm supporting WABC. 20, I mean, hell. I know that. My goodness, you brought it back. You brought it back to great stature. But there are 27 congressional races in, in New York State, 435 around the country. There are many candidates that need to be investigated, and the media needs the support and the resources to be able to do it. What everybody's I'm saying. I'm very grateful to the New York Times for what they did. It was brilliant investigative journalism. Obviously, I wish that they had this wrote the story earlier. I have a vested interest in that as a candidate, but I also believe the public had a right to know this information. I'm sorry, more of it didn't come out during the election, but I know the media did the best they could. No, agreed, agreed. Now, um, where do we go from here? Should we sit him? He should not be seated. But the reality but, is— but, but, then, but then, listen to this, Robert. We're, we're going to have challenges on every single race— There'll be lawsuits. No, Don't sit no, them uh, before. No, 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 there won't, John. John, John. If a candidate 
if a candidate admits to committing crimes like he did with his interview with ABC by writing bad checks and ignoring orders to pay back rent, if he admits to lying about his personal bio, his business career, if he avoids questions about his finances, he has violated the public trust. He is a fugitive in every sense of the word from the law. So I think he's violated public trust and he should resign and not be seated. But the reality is he probably will be seated. So now it's imperative the Department of Justice open an investigation, as, and I'm very grateful to see the New York State Attorney General's open an investigation. Because we have a right to know the real, the real scandal is in the money. The real scandal is where did he get the $700,000 to loan his own campaign? How did his net worth grow approximately to almost $11 million as was reported, or in that window? between 5 and 11, I believe. How does his net worth grow to that level? Well, all this has to be investigated. Uh, Robert Zimmerman. So we both agree. I agree. No, agree. no, I agree with you. The financial things are definitely the U.S. attorney's job. Uh, the ethics things is usually – I understand the ethics uh, – uh, committee is fifty fifty. House ethics committee has to open investigation. Yes. Of course they do. Yeah, yeah. But the, but, real, the real power is real power. Uh, yes. You can't do that before. He, I mean, I believe he should be seated and then uh, let the pebbles fall as they may. You know something? In the meantime, while he's seated, if you believe, like, I don't believe he should be seated because he's already acknowledged perpetrating a fraud on the voters. And in fact, there should be a, a new election and let him run again if he wants to run again in a in a in a new election, in a special election. OK, put his, put himself out there. We both know he can never do that because he can never survive. So he's trying to hold on to this job this way. But in fact, considering all the lies he has told and all the documented that he's acknowledged, the crimes he's committed, there should be, in fact, especially should resign. There should be a special election. Let the Republicans run them again. Yeah, but, you know, whether it's the FBI or the U.S. Attorney's Office, everything takes time. Well, you know something? In a special election, he'd have to confront the reality with the voters. He'd have to provide documentation to answer the questions. He just can't hide and go in. He just can't hide and duck questions and do selected interviews. He should go before the people. Understood. And of course, Robert Zimmerman, we gave you your two cents. You were able to well, respond. John, John, you always... You always give me your two cents, which is what I love about you. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. Look forward to it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Uh, and now we have John McLaughlin on the phone, and Curtis is allowed to come back from the dead uh, because you were banned for 10 minutes. I was banned for 10 minutes, although I must say, uh -huh. um, George, uh, excuse me, Zimmerman, uh, actually, the only interview Joan Hamburg ever gave in, in her entire career that dealt with politics was with Zimmerman. Cindy Adams, too. Yes. Cindy Adams loves George Zimmerman. And uh, and uh, Hamburg loves George Zimmerman. They're in the same business. Now, one question I have for John McLaughlin. Is it true that you were on your way to becoming a priest when all of a sudden you realized you had another calling? Is this true, John? No, that's definitely not true. <laughs> so I'm pushing the limits already with God. So. <laughs> By the way, Curtis, you gotta, I got I to... Gotta, uh, give you a compliment because you sent me that email about taking care of homeless people that have pets because they can't get into shelters and everything over Christmas. So yes. I, I think I, I, you know, I don't do anything as 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 worthy of of that as as you do. At, you know, around the holidays and and for you to do that, that was a great thing. And oh, well, and John, you 
very generous as well to people that need help around the holidays. So, so there's there's people on this call that are closer to being a priest than me. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I I am involved in the Greek Orthodox Church, and I uh, and I work for uh, the Archbishop of America, and uh, uh, and I work very hard for. Uh, Cardinal Dolan, too, whenever he asked me to. Plus, in your church, uh, you and can get Rabbi married. Pata- and Rabbi Patashnik. I know, but in your church, if you decided you wanted to be a priest and not a big maka, you know, uh, moving, you could have been married. Absolutely. I mean, it's when the rule is in the Catholic Church, you know why the Catholic Church, you couldn't be married? Some pope in the 13th century, 14th century says, the church business has become a family business. Yeah. But if I don't allow them to be married, I get all I get all the real estate. Well, you know, somebody so forgot somebody deal. forgot to remind them about the Reverend Louis Giganti who passed away. It's a real estate at deal. Seven million dollars, John. Seven million dollars as a priest. That's a lot of money. Yes, but anyway, on to politics here. What do you uh, make of this whole uh, George uh, Santos situation, the interview that John had last night with him and the other uh, publications uh, that have followed his, uh, uh, as he calls it, he calls it a uh, resume embellishment? Well, he's, he, I mean, he's coming out and he's talking to the press now, and and the election's over. I mean, I I was listening to uh, Robert. Uh, to Zimmerman, and you know they they knew this at the time. They attacked him during the campaign, and uh, you know maybe they should have. You know he's probably doing a lot of what ifs. Should he attack sooner, harder, sooner, or whatever? But that that campaign's over with now. And uh, uh, you know there's a, there's a tradition in American politics. Unfortunately, you know you look at Democrats like Dick Blumenthal said he went to Vietnam. Elizabeth Warren said she was a Native American. Uh, they're still in office, and uh, he should he should have been honest. And uh, George is trying, you know, he's trying to get at his story now. And I don't know the answer. So I'm listening like everybody else. And uh, at the time that uh, George was running, uh, no one wanted to run against Swazi. He ran against uh, Congressman Swazi and came close a couple of years ago. And then remember the Democrat plan that came out, the first plan? They took that district and they united it with the Bronx and with Queens. And uh, no, Westchester. Queens was already in Westchester, the Bronx, and it became even more Democratic. And again, no one wanted to run. And then uh, a judge threw out the original plan, and uh, George filed for that seat. And the 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 new district was much more Republican. That it became eighty percent Nassau County, twenty percent Queens. Uh, very good areas in there, but. It was no one could primary then. It was over. Now, look, look, so, John, John, simple. You're in the business of politics. Uh, you did negative research on Governor Hochul as you represented Zeldin, and I'm sure they did uh, massive negative research on uh, Zeldin, Congressman Zeldin. Where was the negative research here? A simple Google would have come up with some of this information on either side, whether it was uh, Joe Cairo and the Nassau County GOP vetting their own candidate, or more importantly, Jacobs uh, and the Democrats uh, vetting the opposition? Well, like I said to you, first of all, the Republicans initially, because this district was so Democratic, no one really wanted to run. So there was no focus. There's no people weren't, people weren't focused on that. Secondly, uh, as uh, uh, the previous guest said, they had a report. They had they had this and, and I was listening to that interview, and they had opposition research, you know, and so they, they had it. So I don't know. I, I, mean, I, 
I so uh, um, so you know I just take polls and campaigns. Right, right. <laughs> and, but John, uh, what we're yeah. reading that uh, GOP leaders uh, knew some of it. It was a well-known secret. Uh, isn't it true that George uh, Santos had insulated himself by claiming to be gay? Uh, uh, Hispanic and Jewish. I mean, there was no way they were going to attack their own candidate. Gay, Hispanic, and Jewish. That's like they hit the trifecta, the Trinity, the Troika in getting a candidate that normally they might not have had. Well, that's that's you know you're you're making that you know that's that's your uh, opinion. So um, I don't I you know if you're a Republican, they attack you on any grounds they can get. <laughs> So I'm used to, uh, you know. Uh, are you talking about that. the New York Times again? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's like if you're, especially if you're a Trump Republican, don't worry about it. Nothing's going to insulate you. You're going to be attacked. So, uh, um, so anyway, so I, you know, we'll, let's hear the answers. But you know, as I mentioned, this there's plenty of Democrats. Look at Joe Biden. He didn't always tell the truth. He used to plagiarize speeches and stuff. I mean, you know, people are kind of numb to this in terms of the Democrats. But uh, that's, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, isn't it true, we talked about it the last hour, that if you lie in, in Congress, you, you can't be sued? Um, I'm not a lawyer. But that is the truth. Say, I will believe you. That yeah. is the truth. If you tell lies on the congressional f- floor, you cannot be sued. I mean, that's a rule that I think is, is what would you, our old president would say? They're fun of crap. That's right. And I believe there's also a standard, unless it's not an egregious crime like murder, you cannot arrest a sitting congressman or congresswoman while they're in session. The moment the session is over, boom, you can put the handcuffs on. Now, the other, the other rule was uh, if you dealt an inside, everybody goes to jail for inside information. Uh, uh, everybody. Um, if you, if you, if there was a rule. If you deal with insider information while you're a congressperson, and you know that that uh, this company is going to do this or this company is going to do that, and you buy the stock, you can't go to jail. They were going to try to change the rules. I'm not sure they changed the rules yet, but insider information, you know, Nancy Pelosi has become, you know, on a congresswoman's salary, she's become worth over $100 million, I think. Yeah, when she was speaker, but, but they were changing those rules. By the way, by the way, I urge all candidates to tell the truth, be honest with voters. Voters deal with it much better than people think. Now, <laughs> and, when I uh, ran for mayor and you were my yeah. pollster, right. now, you never told me I was losing Manhattan. <laughs> I, th- I think I did. And Tony Carbonetti was on think... the other side. Yo, you, t- you told, you told uh, our uh, Rob Ryan, my campaign manager. Yeah, well, we we you no, know, yeah, did. And uh, by the way, you were down in our last poll because Mayor Giuliani had endorsed Loda. Uh, you were down twenty points. Well, in defense, in defense I lost, of, I didn't lose to Mayor John Loda. No, I you lost to Mayor Rudy. Giuliani. Uh, in defense of now, John McLaughlin, I, I, I still asked Tony Carbonetti. We went through the yeah. buildings. In one of the buildings, I lost eighty-three to zero. <laughs>
You think that I mean, they put the magic touch in those machines? And no, in a real – remember, he had like a 90% favorable in a Republican primary mayor. Julia. 83 to yeah. zero? I didn't have one person in Manhattan remember, like me in that building? John, in defense worry, of you, on your team now. All, the commercials <laughs> on your team in, now. all the commercials in the last two weeks, John, you didn't see Joe Loda. All you saw was Rudy Giuliani. People thought Rudy was running against you. Absolutely. That's why you lost the Republican primary and, in Manhattan. And, and the day – listen – the day uh, he uh, Joe Loda won, he took Rudy off the stage. Yep. <laughs> well, we're gonna thank you, John uh, McLaughlin. You, God bless you, and uh, we're gonna have thank to you. take a hard break. And we're gonna be coming back with Lydia Serrano after the break. <laughs> this is Lydia reports on seventy-seven WABC. Here's Lydia Serrano. This report is sponsored by Benjamin Steakhouse. Uh, fentanyl seizures Lydia. at the border. Oh, sorry. Hello? Lydia. Somebody was talking to me? Yes, uh, Curtis? Oh, no, no. We're on the air. I and John, we were having a little uh, powwow here. But uh, we have Peter King coming up uh, at 840. He knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them uh, in the Nassau GOP graveyard. So he'll be great to have on this whole George Santos issue. We were just... Uh, you know, going back and forth on this. I'm sorry, Lydia. No, 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 you're fine. I was just um, fentanyl seizures at the border. They're shattering records. And so what is the government doing? Are they closing the border? Or are they, you know, targeting the drug cartels? Because as John has mentioned so many times, the number of people that have died from opioid overdoses, fentanyl in just one year over 100,000, that's more than all the people that have died, the soldiers and everyone in all the wars combined that the United States has been involved in. So what is the Biden administration doing? Well, the FDA is now fast-tracking approval of Revive. So you're like, what is Revive? It's an over-the-counter version of Narcan, and Narcan is that drug that is used by mostly paramedics to revive somebody who has overdosed from an opioid overdose, primarily now it's fentanyl. So instead of actually trying to get the drugs off the streets, they're like, oh, okay, we're going to approve and fast track this drug that you can spray up somebody's nose so that when they do do the drugs and they do overdose, don't worry, we got the drug to revive you. So that is the answer. And they're, they're like lauding this as some great achievement. But I, I don't understand why don't they just go to the source and stop the flow of drugs coming into our country? Lydia, you know, I, I got to tell you, let's say we did hermetically seal up our border between Mexico and the United States, where a lot of the fentanyl is muled across. People, humans carry it through or it comes on trucks or containers. Uh, there are so many ships who come in from Red China. And in them are cargo containers, as you know. Sometimes you see them stacked on top of the deck. It's impossible for customs to go through all those containers. They usually pick out one out of every 50 to check. And it's really the Red Chinese where this uh, is coming from. We have to deal with the Emperor for Life G there and the uh, laboratories that create the fentanyl and specifically ship it to the United States because uh, we have the marketplace. We have junkies who actually in the streets uh, that I deal with ask for fentanyl. They don't want heroin anymore. They want to get higher. They actually ask their dealers, I'm looking for fentanyl to shoot up. Right. And over 60% of the fentanyl comes in through Southern California ports, as you mentioned. So 
and then it, they've, you know, what was it like a few years ago? We never even heard of fentanyl. Nobody knew what it was. And so now it was, uh, you know, what was it? It was the, you know, heroin. Well, pre- and President crack. Trump got, got, got the Chinese not to ship any to the United States, but mm-hmm. he didn't check the fine print. So they're shipping it to Mexico. Yeah. And by <laughs> the way, remember, uh, Tom Petty. Died from fentanyl uh, overdose. He used fentanyl uh, patches. Prince died from fentanyl overdose. And I was on fentanyl for years. It's the primary pain care that you could get. It's better than morphine. But when it's misused, boy, you, you not only will you become an addict, but you could potentially die. Uh, it is so powerful a drug. It's good when it's used right but unfortunately, when left to individuals to use it, it's usually abused. My friend recently took the subway and had to transfer there at 125th Street, you know, in Harlem there. And she was telling me she was it was like the walking dead, as you know, Curtis. And this is what's going on throughout the country. It's not just in places like Harlem. And you see some neighborhoods also in Brooklyn. And you see it over there on the west side. You have people walking around like the walking dead. And they are messed up on fentanyl or God only knows what other drugs. And so the answer is not to, oh, okay, don't worry. We're going to spray them up in with their nose with this revive. Or we're going to we're going to have a drug injection sensor so when they do overdose after they they bought the needle from the dealer and, you know, or this or by got the needle from us and got the drugs from the dealer outside of the clinic. I, I just don't understand the mentality there well, that if you, we're just if, treating the, the Lydia, symptom and not the problem. If you're going to have an injection center like we have now in New York City and in other cities, you might as well just give them the drugs free because outside are all the drug dealers waiting to sell the drugs to the uh, junkies who obviously have stolen or have shoplifted or boosted products or broken into cars in order to feed their habit. You might as well, if you're going to go half the way, you might as well go the whole nine yards. Uh, you want fentanyl, you want, hey, come on in, we'll give it to you free, shoot up, we'll make sure that you don't OD and we'll make sure that you don't end up with uh, hepatitis C or HIV AIDS that you will spread into the rest of the community. I mean, they're already halfway there. They might as well go the whole nine yards. And that would curb the shoplifting. People don't understand that most of the crimes that are occurring across the city, specifically a lot of these petty crimes, are a result of people trying to feed their addiction. It's drugs, drugs, drugs. So the fact that we're opening up more drug injection centers, now they want to open up that pot shop. Where is it? on the In the West Village? No, no. On the, uh, on the, low, uh, Lower East Side. It'll open oh, Lower up East Side. this Thursday, December 29th. And notice, for all the pot users out there, the door opens up. At 420, 420, <laughs> 420 which, which is, is which the, is what the national anthem for all pot smokers. That's 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 their uh, annual anniversary every year, April 20th. Right. And that 420, isn't that the number for like the police? Like whenever they wanted to say something, you know how like there's like a number for like homicide or something like that, like a code. Isn't well, that what the number is? Dependent on your culture. It's all cultural uh, here, Lydia. Albanians think of it in a different way as Italians or as hippie dippies because they'll be lined up. It'll be legal marijuana in the Lower East Side. But, boy, New Jersey is so far ahead of us with licensing, with having their uh, legal weed stores open. They're benefiting from it uh, in terms of the taxes. Uh, our black market here is so overwhelming. We, we, we signed it into law two years ago. Cuomo, one of the last things he did, and then we did nothing. And now the black market is everywhere, Lydia, everywhere. There's no way 
that the legal business of selling weed can compete with the black market any longer because, A, they'll give you credit, they'll let you test the product, and you don't have to pay taxes. Is that and the three major business? mistakes. And if you don't pay, th- eventually you die. Well, it's like a bookie, right? You, know, you get only so much credit, and then eventually somebody comes to bend your leg and stuff it in your pockets. Three major mistakes Governor Cuomo made, signing that bail reform, shutting down Indian Point, and illegalizing marijuana. Those are the three major mistakes. My Con Ed bill, you would not believe how it's become, and so many people in Westchester, it's it's astronomical, so this is going to be a tough winter. But we have to go, and uh, don't forget, visit Benjamin Steakhouse and experience the best steaks, the best service, and the freshest seafood in their beautiful atmosphere. They've got two locations, Midtown and Westchester County, right there you in see, White Plains. She's learning from Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> Check it out, BenjaminSteakhouse.com. Thank you, Lydia. I got to pay the I, bills, I, John. Got to pay the bills. I like that food. I've been there, and the food is very good. And up next. It is. And the service is amazing. Who I, knows? I can't believe how it is. Yeah. Who knows where all the bones are buried in Nassau County with the GOP, but our own former Congressman Peter King. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. All right, now we're getting back into it as we're pumping up the volume. Back-to-back, belly-to-belly with John Katz and Matitas in the house. Yours truly, Curtis Lewa. We will have David Patterson, my husband-in-law, in the 9 o'clock hour to deal with the mishigash of George Santos. But a man who would know everything involved in this is on the line right now. A big, 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 big friend of Sid uh, Rosenberg. And WABC, Congressman Peter King. Thanks for joining us this morning, uh, Congressman. Hey, Curtis, great to be with you and John. Wish you and all your listeners a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. And I'll be back in New York by late this afternoon. You forgot Kwanzaa. You're right, John, I did. That's true. (laughs) Happy Kwanzaa. (laughs) Thank you. uh, And and so many others, too, I guess. We have to add them all on. But seriously, again, all my African-American friends wish them a happy Kwanzaa. And uh, it's great to be talking to you guys. I'm... So, uh, you know, 700 miles away down in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I was listening to you on the phone. I know. Morning, your, daughter, I, your daughter moved down there. She's one of the people that exited New York among 280,000 people that have exited New York. Now, I got somebody doing a study. I have somebody doing a study and uh, uh, of how many, what's the amount of money the earn, that these people have earned that have left New York in the last year versus the, you know, I think we we lost 500,000 New Yorkers. Yes. How much money did they earn versus the 500,000 immigrants, how much money we have to pay them? <laughs> so between how much they earned and we lost taxes versus how much we have to pay the migrants for being here, that's a lot of money. Uh, how really did, uh, you know, Peter Mihalos always says about uh, – uh, I forget the British Prime Minister. Sooner or later, you ran out of money. <laughs> also, John, besides you know the money involved, think of all those Republican votes that moved down south. I blame my daughter for being one of the people that caused Lee Zeldin to lose. If they had all stayed in New York, Lee Zeldin, what did he lose by three three hundred fifty thousand votes? The biggest secret in the world. The biggest secret in the world. His daughter was supposed to run for his seat. Don't tell anybody though. Yeah, keep that a secret, John. Keep that a secret. I mean, there's only a million people listening right now. <laughs> now, Congressman Peter King, yeah. you are embedded with the Nassau GOP. 
Uh, and right. this whole craziness involving the new congressman, uh, George Santos, uh, Republican, lost uh, against Swazi the first time, barely. He lost on paper. And he comes back and he wins a convincing victory. How is it that nobody seemed to know that this, uh, what appears, this guy's entire life is fraudulent from beginning to end? Well, yeah, I'll answer that in one second. Let me, uh, I'm sorry, uh, start off, let me just say, I think George Santos should be seated. I don't see any legal reason to keep him from being seated. Having said that, Curtis, I agree with you. It seems like his whole life has been a fraud. I mean, it's not, you know, you often find people who exaggerate. Uh, Elizabeth Warren saying she was a Cherokee Indian and uh, Kennedy saying, you know, there's a missile gap when there wasn't. That's all part of politics. It's up to the voters to decide. But everything about George Santos turns out to have been fraudulent. And that's what makes this case different from others. I think think we should get somebody from the Cherokee Nation on to find out how they felt about Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, okay, that'll be good. But uh, but Sergio, with with uh, Santos, uh, once the voters have spoken, to me, it's it'll be a dangerous precedent to say we're going to look into a guy's past and decide whether or not to see him. Having said that, I heard Robert Zimmerman before, and uh, I think most Republicans agree with this. Also, this will have to go to the Ethics Committee for full investigation. And his real problem, and I hate to you know being agree with Anthony Weiner, but his real problem is going to be when it comes with the Justice Department whether or not he filed fraudulent or misleading financial statements for Congress and also explaining how he went from being evicted from two apartments in Queens to later on saying he had millions of dollars and being able to put $750,000 of his own money into a campaign when a few years before he couldn't pay his rent. Where did that money come from? Who gave it to him? And the company, is it just a shell company? Uh, I think he said he was in uh, a a client consulting but never listen to who the clients were. So these these are where he could have real legal problems, and that can really tear, tear someone apart. Uh, if, if you're at all off the beaten path on that one, on your taxes, on uh, uh, where your money came from, what your investments are, well, if there's any illegality there, that would probably be grounds to be expelled from Congress. And that would, that would take a full vote of the Congress. Now, uh, Peter King, You uh, reside in Nassau County. You run in Nassau County. You know it's always close between Democrats and Republicans. Sometimes the balance of power shifts ever so slightly. How is it that these two professional organizations run by people who have been in charge for years did not even Google this guy? I mean, both the Republicans uh, to vet their own candidate, but more importantly, the Democrats who are adversaries, we're told that 10% of every dollar donated goes to negative research. This is not a tough discovery. A simple Google will tell you that there's something wrong with George Santos. Yeah, let me try to explain that. And again, I think all of us are going to be looking at what happened, you know, what went wrong here. First of all, I'm not trying to pass the buck. He was a candidate from Queens. So when he was recommended to NASA, we assumed that some preliminary research had been done. But also, as Zimmerman said before, uh, in uh, t- 2020, that was a solid Democratic district. Tom Swazi was in Trent. Uh, the, you know, the numbers all, all favored Democrats. And there were no Republicans from Nassau County or Suffolk County who were really looking for the nomination. Santos said he could run. He said that he had money to put into it. Uh, and uh, Queens had endorsed him. And there was very little attention put on that race. Also, apparently, Tom Swazi didn't put much attention because you would have thought that he would have researched uh, you know, 
against his opponent. But I guess he was so confident of winning, he just focused on his own record, not on, on Santos's. Come to 2022, that district even became more Democratic. And that went from Suffolk to Nassau to Queens to, uh, uh, to Westchester to the Bronx. And it was a solid Democratic district. Santos was the only one who said he wanted to run. And uh, then the last minute, the lines were changed, and he was in as the candidate. Now, I do know, and I'm not saying this after the fact, that there were people at Republican headquarters saying, you know, something about this guy doesn't add up. He's, he doesn't really say where all his money came from. But in all the confusion of a campaign where we, uh, we were fighting so hard for Lee Zeldin, and even though we're down by, I think it's 100,000 votes or 70,000 votes uh, in the Nassau County, Zeldin ended up carrying the county by 45,000. The Esposito, the 75,000 more Democrats in his district, and yet he won by 11,000. So all our focus was on those, those races. And, uh, yeah, okay, you know, there may have been, they thought, maybe some discrepancies in Santos. Nobody thought the whole thing was going to be a lie. I even heard that he had changed his name over the years. He had his uh, mother's name once and his father's name other times. And uh, it, it just, everything didn't add up. But I, I think they felt, listen, you know, it's not perfect, but, you, you know, it, it, it's uh, Oh, no, so, but I, I think say, yeah. I think yeah. what he did in yeah. creating this narrative, he insulated himself by claiming to be. And we don't know if any of this is true. Uh, we know he's not Hispanic now because when you're Portuguese, you're from Brazil, you're not Hispanic. Right. Uh, we question whether he's gay because he was uh, married. But, but everybody from Brazil is from a, a European city. Almost. There's no, there's no real Brazilian. Right, right, almost. Uh, right. They, uh, where's he from? Into Europe. Then. Exactly. And then thirdly... He said he was Jewish, Jewish lineage. So now he's insulated. He is not only, he claims, gay, uh, Hispanic, and Jewish, but who amongst the Republicans are even going to criticize him? Because, boy, isn't that like the Trinity, the Troika, the trifecta? That is a dream candidate for a Republican. Yeah, Curtis, and, uh, actually, you're a more, uh, more on target than you even know. When he lost the last election, and on election night he was winning, but the Democrats had focused on absentee ballots. There was nothing corrupt about this. He ended up losing by 10 points in 2020. But afterwards, he was telling people that the reason he lost is because Republicans uh, undercut him because he was gay, which was total BS. But he had already built up that defense thing going into 2022. If you say anything against him, it means that you're anti-gay. So he had already used that as an excuse for losing in 2020. And again, it's, uh, this was just there was so much going on. And you figured, okay, there's a discrepancy here, there's a discrepancy there. No one knew that the whole thing was discrepancy. Also, as you said, uh, Curtis, and this could be both a legal uh, question and an ethical question, is you said that you had this uh, uh, 501c3 set up to protect dogs and other animals. Turns out there was no 501c3. So, again, you know, if, you, if you get the animal lovers against you, plus you get the IRS against you for claiming something is a charitable organization and it's not, that's a real legal issue besides now, being a moral issue. Now, we can go down the whole line of issues, you know, being evicted from apartments, not paying his rents, uh, his landlady in the, uh, the Whitestone house. Right, that and the, now, uh, to exp explain this to me, Congressman Peter King, because you yeah. know a lot of cops, a lot of men and women who right. had to go through the vetting to become police officers in their towns, their municipality, municipalities, their counties. They fill out uh, a background questionnaire. If any of this was wrong, they would be washed out. They were sorry, uh, we can't accept you into the academy. 
a cop can't be a cop when they violate this kind of uh, standard. But you can get elected right. in the Congress or the Senate or, as we see, your president, Joe Biden, a guy who was uh, just lied after lie after lie. Yeah, Joe Biden said he was an honest student. He's a law review. It turned out he was the bottom of his class. You have all of that going on. You're right, though. To become a cop, and I've known cops have been in this situation where they do go through everything. In the last minute, there's one question about something that may have happened 11 years before or five years before or four years before. Well, what happened to that guy? Up until well, was it Greco in Staten Island? What happened to him? I was hanging out with Roger Stone, and they bounced him simply for that. And, and meantime, Is that fair? No, we'll remember. The, if it is, but, it, but I think what, you know, the point Curtis is making is how strict they are when it comes to uh, you know jobs like the uh, NYPD, the FBI, fire department, anyone that teaches. I mean, if you have anything in your background at all on a government application, is found not even to be wrong, but just to be questionable. Well, I mean, I'm uh, Curtis. Now, uh, we're going to continue this discussion at five o'clock this afternoon, uh, Congressman King. I should be back in my house by 5 o'clock. We can do it by phone, but I will definitely All be right. in the studio tomorrow. Sounds good. We'll have you in the studio tomorrow, and we'll continue this conversation. Sounds and uh, great. have a great flight, and uh, I hope you don't get jerked around at the airport. I hope so also. Hey, great talking to you guys. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Sounds like Peter King is halfway to sharing the shovel with me to dig the political grave for George Santos, if that's even his name. But up next, my husband-in-law... Former Governor David Patterson, we got to ask him, what the hell were the Democrats doing, sleeping on well, the job? David Patterson is one common-sense guy. He, uh, he knows his stuff. Meantime, he was chairman of the New York State Democratic Party. Would so, he have done a background check? Uh, we'll, which get, is, we'll get the answers. Yep, yep. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Is Sid and friends in the morning. For my friends. 77 WABC. Only in America can a guy from anywhere go to sleep Wow, this is John Casamitita's theme song. This you is your life. Wake up a millionaire. Did I lose money? No, no, no. It's that's gotta right. Be wake up a millionaire. Yeah, but you had to be a millionaire before you were a billionaire, right? Yeah, I did that at the age of twenty-three. But your life story is that your family lived up in Harlem. Your father, thirty-fifth Street. Right, your father worked every day busing tables. A busboy. You gave up going to West Point in order to help the family. In Congressman William Fitz Ryan, who I was campaigned for at the age of fourteen. Gave me the congressional nomination. So you were actually born not on third base, like a lot of the people we speak to in this business, but you were born in what we call the dugout. You hadn't even got to home. Are you kidding? I was lucky to get into Yankee Stadium. <laughs> but uh, that is the uh, theme song for John Katsimatidis, who not only will take us till 10 o'clock, but then he'll be back with the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, which 
is in the news today because of their exclusive interview with what had previously been the very elusive uh, Republican uh, congressman of the North Shore of Long Island and Queens, George Santos. He spoke at length uh, to John. He spoke at length to uh, John's guest, especially former Congressman uh, Anthony Weiner, who himself uh, will be on uh, today substituting for Bo Snurdly. So he'll do a, a deep dive into this, as I will on 12-15 to 1 this afternoon. Because remember, while all this was going on, the Nassau County GOP leadership had a lunch with me in which, when they hadn't quite figured out what the congressional lines would be, because remember, it was going one court battle to another court battle, they said, would you be interested possibly in running for the uh, Republican uh, nomination for that seat, uh, the old Swazi seat? And I ended up saying, I'm not a carpetbagger, you know, first of all. The only thing, what do I know on the North Shore? Leonard's, right? I've been to yeah, You'd have the same problem that uh, Asian has uh, in uh, in Queens. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, Lester Chang, uh, that they uh, challenging Lester Chang, who won the Assembly Maddox seat. But I, I wasn't interested, but I listened to well, them. Well, now we're going to get the real story. Yeah. We have the former governor of the state of New York, mm. the former Democratic state chairman yes. of the state of New York, and the current friend of John Katsimatidis and Curtis Lewa, and the current ex-husband-in-law of Curtis Lewa, we have Governor David Patterson. Good morning, Governor. Thank you. With all those titles, you'd think I got paid more. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gov, you've been in this situation. How did this George Santos slip through the cracks, not only from being investigated by his own party, the Republican Party, but by the adversarial party, the Democrats, especially in Nassau County where races are usually close and usually never blowouts? Well, I think in in this particular case, it was going to be a close race. Uh, I happen to know Robert Zimmerman to set the record straight. I gave a contribution to him and went to one of his fundraisers. But as I said, when the race was over, there was a big reaction to the issue of crime around New York State, and a lot of candidates captured that, and that's how they won. So that was how it was on Election Day. But there are a couple of things about this that really disturbed me. There are people who have done things they shouldn't have done them, and they uh, uh, you know, regret that they did them, and I'm one of those people. And when I got into office and some of those issues were presented, I got right up and admitted everything I did. I didn't sugarcoat it. I said that that's what I did. I didn't get up and tear up to try to make anyone feel sorry for me. This is exactly the opposite of what Mr. Santos has done. First, when the accusations came out, he denied them. So that's the first lie he told. Then he uh, gets up and says that he embellished on his resume. Embellished is maybe you're a police officer and you run for office and you say, I was a top-ranking official in the police department. No, you really weren't. You embellished it. But he made up things that weren't true. And I think in this day and age where there are sharp political differences between the parties and between people, that the last thing we need are charlatans coming in, lying, and, and getting away with it. And by the way, the next time a Democrat does it, I want both of you to write down that I'm saying I will come on this show and say exactly the same thing about a Democrat because Democrats have no uh, onus or uh, or um, 
uh, you know, uh, they are no more clean than Republicans. Because he, uh, Governor David Patterson, this is why people, just average everyday people, are so jaded and skeptical about politics in general. So whether it's a Democrat like State Senator Salazar, who almost her entire resume was a lie, almost everything. But she, too, identified as a Jew when she was not. Well, what is this thing about candidates wanting to be Jewish for the purposes of an election? Uh, and yet it turns out they're not Jewish at all. Salazar did this. George Santos did this. So uh, I, I'm, I'm speaking from well, a common person out there who's got to fill out a resume to get a job. And if they lie on that uh, application, they get no job. And yet elected officials get a pass. This is nonsense. This is nonsense. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Jewish community worldwide has probably been the most oppressed of all communities. It's been going on for centuries. And the funny thing is that there are only about 16 and a half to 17 million Jewish people on this planet. So when you multiply that by the, by the horrible uh, things, the Holocaust and, and other mistreatment throughout the centuries in different countries and being thrown out of different countries, if you were a member of that group, obviously, um, it's in New York, a place where we appreciate the value of all people and all ethnicities. You would want to state that. But to make it up and pretend that your family and you went through all of this persecution, it really stains the efforts of people who withstood that kind of treatment in favor of someone who's just lying about it to try to get ahead. And then when he gets up and he says, but uh, I'm still the same person. Well, that's the problem, that when they brought up the issue, he didn't say, you know something, I got carried away. I probably shouldn't have written that. Um, you know, I hope I can do something to uh, undo this. I would like to serve in Congress. No, he's just as arrogant as he was when he put the statements down in the first place. Now, David Patterson, you've been involved in many elections, very contentious elections. And it was always thought that 10 percent of every dollar, 10 cents of every dollar went to negative research. Where did the money go in this election towards negative research? Because the consultants made out like bandits. And clearly they didn't even do a simple Google. You know, um, it probably wouldn't have taken that long if the opponent, who was Robert Zimmerman, had spent more time researching the background of the person he was running against. But I think what happens with a lot of candidates is they really want to talk to the voters. In other words, um, yeah, if they hear a story about their opponent, they'll put it up. But they don't internally, without some prompting, without somebody saying, you know, you should look into this guy. Uh, uh, He said he's something or other, and I don't think he is. But that's a different kind of blame here, Curtis. That's just uh, a sense of where your priorities are as a candidate. I will admit that I never really spent any time researching my opponents, uh, even though I knew they were researching me, because I just wanted to beat them. But what I would say is I would hope that Democrats and Republicans, uh, people who call themselves progressives and conservatives, that there should be some um, there should be some mutual understanding of what's not tolerated. And I think what happened in this case should not be tolerated. And so now 
should he be seated? Should he be able to go through the process? Should he be able to uh, vote for McCarthy as the incoming speaker of the new House? Well, if there's a process to determine wrongdoing on his part, I think they should have one. But uh, just now, based on the fact that he got up and said he embellished a few statements, uh, how do you embellish being Jewish when you never were? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I would not see him. I wouldn't. Well, I agree with you. Uh, my husband-in-law, I, I completely have, agree with you. Why wouldn't you see them, David? I mean, uh, you'll have a you'll have a reason to have lawsuits. And why would you sit any anybody? Then that'd be an excuse to have more lawsuits and not sitting anybody because they'll find some excuse to not to sit them. Well, John, there's a difference between an excuse and some very heavily documented information against this guy. It's not that. Like someone's making accusations, he's now admitted to them, and really did not act in any yeah, way. But uh, that's up to that's up to the U.S. attorney. It's up to uh, the district attorney, the state attorney, or it's up to the ethics committee. But 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 the, the House has an ethics committee, and they would probably be the ones who would look at this and then determine not to seat him. So you're going to say to me that he walks in and wants to be sworn in on January 3rd, and you would arbitrarily, without him being convicted, uh, even though he won the election, say, we're not going to seat you? Well, if there's a process to determine whether or not he should stay there, and the process is not over by January 3rd, I think I probably would let him take his seat. Okay, that's it. That's but, my that's my position. If the man the is found is, guilty, it, let somebody find him guilty. But if he's not right. found guilty by January third, he should be seated. Curtis, you don't uh, say that. No, no, I disagree. I, <laughs> and look at what the Democrats are doing to Lester Chang. Lester Chang has won an assemblymanic district in Brooklyn, fair and square, against. Peter Abate Jr., who you've known for years, uh, David Patterson. Yes. 36 sure. years. He won fair and square. And now Carl Hasty is saying he will not seat Lester Chang. They will block him from taking his rightful position as a state assemblyman, duly elected by the people. No doubts about it. He won overwhelmingly on January 1st. Yeah, there, there are... In his case, it's about where he lived, and it's kind of murky. Well, what? He was also the caretaker for his mother, and, and I think he has some issues that he can raise in his own defense. And by the way, he has been contrite about what happened. Yeah, but also, Governor David Patterson, we don't even know where George Santos lives. Everywhere that they went where he claimed that he lived, they said, George who? Well, that's, I mean... We don't even know where this guy lived. Right. The the violation of uh, no disclosure about where he lived is almost uh, not even something that you really have to investigate. If you establish it, you can basically come to the conclusion this person can't serve. You would think. So I'm, I've, I brought David Patterson back to my side, John Katsimatidis. He's back on my side. <laughs> we will not let George Santos take his seat in the upcoming Congress. You see, I, 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 I've reeled him back from where he was with you just momentarily ago. Well, well what, what you, what you well, did you know, Listen, you know, we, we, you got, we got one empire. Well, 
On the line with us is another empire, the current state chairman of the Democratic Party, Jay Jacobs. And uh, right after the break, we're going to have see what Jay Jacobs has to say about this race. All right. Fantastic. So, Governor David Patterson, thanks for joining me in solidarity on this against John Katzenmatidis. And thanks for agreeing with me on seating him on January 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> yes, John, and uh, if he gets to January 15th, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll take you out to lunch. <laughs> Thank you God. God. Thank God we didn't mention January 6th. Thank God oh, we didn't God. mention yeah. January 6th. Don't, don't bring that up again. <laughs> Let's take that. Thank you, David Patterson, and uh, you... Yeah, you were a great governor, and uh, right now, are we taking a break? Let's take that break, and we're going to come back with the current state chairman of the Democratic Party, Jay Jacobs. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. The only subject is Jay Jacobs. And what is right now is Jay Jacobs, the uh, current state chairman of uh, the New York uh, State Democratic Party, to tell us his feelings. What the heck is going on? Jay? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, tell us. I, tell tell you us. Something. I, mean, I mean, there's so much controversy. There's so much controversy. And, uh, you know, hold on. It's still playing the music. What are you guys in the yeah. music here right now? We're doing business. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, I happen. I happen to like the four tops, so it was all I right. I like the four tops, but there's a time for cousin Brucey, and there's a time for for <laughs> politics. What the heck is going on? <laughs> well, I'll tell you something. Uh, 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 George Santos is in quite quite a mess, and uh, he, you know, yesterday he he admitted he uh, to exaggerating. You know, his resume. I I, I think went far far beyond that. Look. You know, you owe the voters, you know, a basic level of truth about who you are when you're running. And I think that he certainly uh, he, he certainly abused his his uh, his position as a candidate and what he did with his resume. And I think he's, he's going to end up paying a price for it. But I, I don't think it's going to be um, because the Republican majority in the House is not going to seat him. And I think they're limited, frankly, uh, under what conditions uh, or, or what the uh, situation is not to seat someone. It's got more to do with uh, the constitutional requirements not having been met. And I don't know we've established that. But I, I do think that there'll be an ethics probe. But more importantly, I, I think that, look, um, the financial questions surrounding where he got $700,000 uh, to put into his own campaign are going to be the most problematic. Now, well, it's true. I mean, uh... That's a lot of money. Uh, and I asked him on, on the radio show yesterday, I asked him, is that your personal money? And I think he did say yes. Well, it has to be. In other words, that's what he filed. Um, if it's not his personal money, then it's an illegal campaign contribution. But my question is, you know, from someone who was so broke and has such a murky financial uh, history here, where do you get the money? I mean, $700,000, remember something. In order to have $700,000, you have to have earned quite a bit more and paid your taxes on it. That's a lot of money in a short period of time that is completely unaccounted for in in any uh, background uh, that, that he's put forward. So, you know, that, that's going to be a big question, and, and I'm certainly not the only one asking it. 
All right, now, Chairman uh, Jacobs, um, there's negative research that parties do on one another. Uh, you vet your own candidates first, and then you vet the opposition. How is it there was no negative research on George Santos? What appears now is a simple Google search would have brought a lot of this to the forefront. Well, you know, the um, the truth is there was uh, an opposition research book done on George Santos. And uh, the, the DCCC in, in Washington runs the congressional campaign. They did a, don't they hire did a, that firm again. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know the, the exact firm, but I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. They did come up with, you know, a lot of questions uh, that were unanswered. And they did come up with some of the material that The New York Times ultimately did. They don't have the um, the research capability of the New York Times. But I will say to you that they did try to see uh, the Zimmerman campaign did try to get the press to bite on a lot of this. But I think in the press, people didn't see Santos as a serious candidate. And I and I think there was so much else going on and, you know, not that much bandwidth to get messages out that it just wasn't covered. And I will tell you, yes, they probably uh, could have dug further. But Again, the things that seemed to resonate with voters um, at the time it was felt, I'm sure, by the campaign were the issues surrounding his support for January 6th for rioters and paying for their legal fees, he said, and a lot of other crazy stuff that you know he was putting out there. So they were putting out opposition uh, material on, uh, on George Santos, but y- you're correct in that they did not you know, get all the way down to um, – you know, not having graduated college or gone, even gone to those colleges, things like that, that uh, perhaps might have, uh, you know, moved uh, the needle a little bit. Now, I would assume uh, as soon as someone gets sworn into office in Congress, uh, within two years, they're running again, which means they have to ramp up if they intend on running for the same seat again very early in their uh, in their tenure. Uh is Tom Swazi sort of waiting in the bullpen because that seems like uh, if he wanted that seat uh, in an election process or if George Santos gets bounced, uh, he would be a natural fit? Well, I mean, it's never too early to start looking at candidates, and there are numbers of candidates on the Democratic side that I'm sure are going to want that seat. Uh, th- there's not a chance that um, George Santos is going to be able to uh, raise money or you know, in any way hold on to that seat for a reelection. Now that, that, that's, I think, out of the question. And uh, he may not want to admit it, but I think that's the reality at the moment. There are people here. I, he happens to be in my congressional district. So I talk to people all the time, Republicans and Democrats, and they're all angry and, and upset with him. Uh, and so I don't see that happening. I, I have to tell you, though, I would be surprised if he were to actually um, last his full term. I think that uh, the um, uh, investigation, which I'm sure will take place over the finances and other issues, are going to uh, dominate and create problems for him. I'll also tell you, knowing how it works and the uh, the practicalities of it, he's not going to be able to walk from his congressional office to the floor without having you know dozens of cameras in his face continually asking questions that that puts a lot of pressure on you and and um and it's not going to be any prettier when he gets back home to his home district so uh, him lasting very long i agree with david patterson uh, you know who who said i don't know if it'll be january the 15th that he's out but uh you know i i, I don't see him making uh, fireworks for the 4th of july that's for sure 
And then what would happen, in fact, if a uh, congressional investigation uh, forced his ouster? How would they determine uh, who would represent that district? It's a special election. A special election under law has to be called by the governor within a certain period of time. And then uh, we go through it all over again. Republicans put up their candidate and the Democrats will put up uh, ours. Well, that's uh, that's true. Let the voters decide. Now, you, I don't know if you guys covered it because I was out for a few seconds. Uh, do you believe that uh, George Santos should be seated on uh, on January 3rd? Well, I, I wouldn't I would like to see him not seated. I think that there are constitutional limits as to what uh, you can not be seated for if you're not living in the state in which you uh, your district is. That would be one criteria if that's found to be so. I mean, there are uh, other things, age limit, et cetera, citizenship. You, those are kinds of things that would stop him from being seated. But more likely, he, he would be seated, I guess. I don't see the Republican majority and it's very slim as it is and you know kevin mccarthy needs every vote he can get to be speaker if he's the one who ends up being speaker uh so you know i don't i don't see them making that move but uh after he is in he can be expelled after an ethics investigation Uh, and again i don't know what the appetite is for the republican uh, majority in the house to do that i would you know i would hope they would but you know we have to see now very quickly uh, jay jacobs chairman of the new york state democratic party uh, we have a uh, winner in the assemblymanic district in brooklyn lester chang first asian american ever to win uh, as a republican uh, set to be uh, seated in the assembly on january 1st and yet Carl Hasty had his inquisitor, Stanley Schlein, uh, cross-examine him about residency. Uh, don't you feel that Lester Chang should be seated in the state assembly? He won that election. Well, you know, I, I will tell you this. I, my, my inclination is always in that direction. However, in, in his case, and I think that, you know, uh, again, uh, challenging his his residency would have been appropriate in the petitioning process. But it's also now, you know, look, we're, we're very focused on Santos telling the truth. And everybody is exercised in the district and elsewhere about his, you know, uh, clouding up, if you will, and I'm being polite, uh, a resume. I, I'm not so sure that Ms. Chang lives in, in uh, the county in which uh, you know, he, he says, and I thought that uh, Stanley Schlein's questions, particularly his one at the end about him uh, living in re- having a rent controlled apartment in the city and that you have to have as your primary residence or you're breaking the law was a very critical question. So, you well, know, well, Jay, you, Jay, ask, Jay, uh, you ask people to one second, you ask people to, to uh, scrutinize Mr. Santos for veracity. And I think that Mr. Chang has to be uh, looked at as well. Well, let, let the law decide, I guess. Uh, Jay Jacobs, uh, a Democratic State Chairman of New York, thank you so much for coming on. Have a, a happy new year, and uh, and uh, the pebbles will fall as they may, but thank you for That's speaking right. out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having and, me. And uh, we're going to take a break right now, and God knows who we're going to have afterwards. And we got to talk retail, retail theft in the city and in the state. Uh, Buffalo continues to get battered. 
uh, it hasn't stopped the looters. They're on snowmobiles going up and down the streets looting. Meantime, cop cars, fire engines can't get up and down the streets. But the looters certainly have found a way. They steal snowmobiles. Well, I like uh, Florida. DeSantis said you could defend your home. You could defend uh, your store. And, uh, you know, somebody would come into my store and the law was on my side and trying to loot it when I had no money when I was 22 years old, 23 years old. I think I might have shot. Well, think of it. Uh, I'm not sure because, you know, I've had a... uh, a gun carry permit for 40 years, and I've never shot at the gun? All you would have had to have done is pull the gun out. They would have run. They would have You're run. You're right. I think those people are cowards. One time, we had a store on 167th Street during the 1977 riots. And you know how they put up uh, bags of sand yeah. uh, to protect sand ourselves? Sure. Sandbags? Sure. Well, we had bags of sugar and bags of rice, and we had shotguns, and we were standing behind the shotguns on 167th Street between Jerome Avenue and Grand Concourse, and the phone rings, and the phone says, how many of you guys in there? And you know what we said? It was Jackie Squitcherini who worked for us at that time. Yes. You know what we said? Come in and find out. Ha! <laughs> Well, cock that shotgun and uh, fire guess away. What? Guess what? They never came in. Nope. I am lucky. I have never, you know, shot anybody. I I, I talk about the Rocky Calavito bat. True. I've never hit anybody. But just showing that Rocky Calavito bat, those cowards would run away. No doubt. On the line, though, right now, Bruce Blakeman, who is a Nassau County uh Executive, uh, Republican who uh, recently uh, was elected into office uh, over a year ago. Uh, Bruce, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. We have such a controversy. We had uh, we made worldwide news last night. We had George Santos on uh, the show, and this morning we had uh, uh, Robert Zimmerman as opposition. We've had everybody. We had David Patterson. We had Jay Jacobs. <laughs> it's time for. Bruce Blakeman, to give us his two cents. Well, John, let me just say this. I think the thing that we need to focus on is that this is a very sad affair. Um, My first reaction was anger. But the more I think about it, the more I realize that George Santos has emotional issues and that he needs to address them. And uh, I think that's really... uh, the center of this controversy right now, because I can't explain why he did what he did. Well, now you well, went- we, we still I mean, he admitted on the show last night that he did a few things wrong. But I, I guess a man is proven innocent till he's proven guilty. Yeah, he's listen, he he but he basically has confessed that he said things that that were clearly untrue. So you try to rationalize that and say, well, why would he do that? I can't explain that. I'm, I'm not a doctor. Uh, all I can say is that I feel sad for him because, you know, he clearly has uh, some kind of emotional issue. 
Right now, Bruce Blakeman, you went through a very bruising uh, electoral contest with then the sitting uh, county executive Democrat, Laura Curran, who now does podcasts here at WABC. I got to believe you spent some of your resource doing negative research, uh, likewise, Laura Curran's team. Doesn't seem there was any negative research she had done whatsoever by either team, either the Republicans vetting out their own candidate, George Santos, or the Democrats challenging him with Zimmerman uh, the second time and the first time with Swazi. Well, you're absolutely right. Opposition research is a part of every campaign. Every candidate does it on the other. Um, This was primarily the responsibility of uh, the Republican Party in in Washington, D.C. George Santos was not from the Nassau County Republican Committee. He wasn't from our committee. Uh, He lived outside of Nassau County in Whitestone, Queens. So uh, we didn't vet him because he wasn't from our county. But you would assume that the Democrats would have done some opposition research. It seems now that there was certainly malpractice on their part and that the Republicans should have done it as well. But um, the fact of the matter is, you know, that that's a horse that's already out of the barn. The, The issue now is, you know. George, in my estimation, needs to address the reasons why uh, he did what he did. And I think that, you know, he has to determine with his health care professional uh, how to best handle that. Well, our uh, colleague here, Anthony Weiner, when he resigned from Congress, he resigned for lying at that point uh, because he had claimed that Breitbart had uh, taken his texts and had simulated them and then threw them out as if they were his Clearly, he got caught lying. He resigned. What would be wrong with George Santos just not being seated and uh, the pressure to say, George, you lied about almost everything in your life. Just resign. Well, you know, there's standards and there's due process. And I think that right now the determination as to whether he should be seated or whether he should continue uh, to be a member of Congress is with the Ethics Committee of the United States Congress. It's, uh, It's something that affords him due process, but also gives the members of Congress and the public an opportunity to uh, hear the whole story after it's investigated. So uh, I don't think we should rush to throw him out just yet. I think that basically the process has to go through uh, the Ethics Committee, and uh, they'll make a determination one way or the other whether or not it's appropriate for him to sit as a United States member of Congress. Personally, if he does get uh, seated and he's attending uh, events in his district or in Nassau County, would you refuse to be in his company publicly? Well, it's not a question of refusing to be in his his company. Uh, He may show up anywhere, just like anybody may show up anywhere. You know, we we as political figures, we take hundreds of pictures every day with, with hundreds of people and Ninety percent of the time, we don't know who they are. We shake hands with lots of people, and people show up at events that that you know necessarily we wouldn't want to. So, if Al Capone, uh, if Al Capone was standing next to you, you would never know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm too young to know Al Capone. John. Uh, well, I mean, I'm just making a, I'm making a point. <laughs> no, I'm kidding you. Listen, yes, I would know who Al Capone is. I've watched enough uh, uh, newsreels of uh, of. 
you know, did did you see mind, the actor but... Al Capone, the actor who played Al Capone, or the real Al Capone? <laughs> well, you see now, you never know. You, yeah, never, you never know. know. Who you take a picture with. Absolutely, you don't. You don't. You know, I've been, I've taken a zillion pictures, like all of us, uh, and I don't know who I'm taking a picture with. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, but the fact of the matter is, it's not a question of whether I would refuse to appear with him, I'm going to make appearances. And if he happens to be there, well, that's on him, you know, but I'm, I'm not, he, I'm not letting anybody curtail where I want to go. Absolutely correct. Uh, do you think uh, if he's not proven, if, if he's not indicted, if he's not proven guilty of anything and, and he has to be seated in Congress, uh, do you think he should be seated? You know, I think we need to see how this plays out, and I would I would prefer that we let the process, uh, you know, develop and, and let the ethics committee look at everything that he said. I I don't want to say anything at this time because yeah. I think let the, let the process. Be... Uh, that's what I've said. I said if the time comes to be seated, he should be seated, and let the process take a precedent. Let you know, let anybody wants to do an investigation. Everybody's entitled to. Uh, you know, the day in court. Yeah, but I think the central issue right now is, you know, George Santos clearly has issues, and I think he needs to address them. All agreed. Bruce Blakeman, you do a great job in Nassau County. Thank you for calling in, and God bless you, and have a happy New Year. Thank you so much. Same to you and your family and everybody listening. Thanks. Thank you. Interesting, John, you brought up where he identify Al Capone. Uh, in the trial I was involved in, uh, where John Gotti Jr. was uh, uh, charged. If John Gotti Jr. walked up to me right now, I yeah. wouldn't know who he was. Well, you know who swore to that? Who? Freddie Ferrer, when he was Bronx Borough President, as they were trying to negotiate a land deal in the Bronx that Gotti Jr. was involved in. So you see? Uh, Bruce is, would, that music, is that music mean we have to take a break? We got to take a break. Let's take that break. And when we come back, we got to talk a little bit more about the shoplifting that's plaguing the city's retail it. business. Right here exclusively on what is normally Sid with Friends. We'll be back on Monday as we take you the rest of the way. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Curtis just shut off that music. Yeah, I don't think this is your speed, John Katsimatidis. But uh, in the final few minutes... Of the morning show left. We only got five minutes left, Curtis. I mean, where did the three hours go? It flew by. It was uh, all... We had so much fun. We're going to do this again tomorrow. Exactly. All George Santos all the time. But uh, the expert uh, tease that you bring to this subject uh, goes through the years. The shoplifting and the, uh, the boosting of products out of retail stores that is causing so many of them to close was just reported that Rite Aid is closing all of its Manhattan stores, and uh, I'm sure it'll follow in the outer boroughs. How bad is this problem for guys like yourself who have open stores in which you have to let the general public in? It is a problem. In the last, in the five boroughs of New York City, in the last uh, six months, a year, 
700 and between 700 and 800 stores, chain stores have closed, not counting, not counting other stores. Sure. And that's a lot of stores. That's a lot of retail. Uh, and you see banks are closing all over the place too yeah. now. Yes. And, uh, uh, to try to rent an empty store to anybody right now, forget about it. So it is a problem. And, you know, right now in New York, we're living under the law of the jungle. Hmm. Don't forget, we have Christini's employees, uh, D'Agostino employees that care about their stores because they've worked there for 20 years, 30 years. Sure. And... They they protect their stores, but the Rite Aid employee, the CVS employee, the Walgreens employee, a lot of them don't give a damn. That's why Rite Aid has closed 27 stores in Manhattan. We're living under the law of the jungle. If you steal less than $1,000, nobody's going to arrest you. What do we do, Curtis? Well, it's you obvious. can't have a guardian angel in every store. No, but uh, I noticed that the shoplifters, they come in, they recognize all the personnel. They say, look, I'm not here to shoot and loot. I just want my Alvin Bragg swag bag. Just going to fill up both bags, and I'll leave in peace. And this goes on every day. Every day, Jack. I don't know how folks like yourself can Walmart, Walmart is closing stores nationwide. Mm. Target is closing stores nationwide. Uh, I have a, um, uh, a program that gave us all the stores that have been closing nationwide in the last year or so, and it's frightening. The amount of jobs lost, frightening. Now, look, I was a Democrat at one time. I'm sure you were at one time, too. Sure. And, 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 and it's not, you know, I'm not anti-democratic. It's just you know, common sense Democrats like, like uh, uh, you David Patterson, you need them to be able to stand up and say to the socialists, guys, enough is enough. Enough is enough. We want common sense in our city. Uh, I had uh, uh, yesterday uh, Dominic Carter had some women calling in, uh, black women, uh, that their sons died. And they say, why aren't the cops doing their job? Well, it's not the cops not doing their job. It's the law enforcement people, in, uh, whether it's the DA's office or, or, or whether it's the uh, state senate or state assembly, not allowing them to do their job. And what do you, you know what I've said to the governor and I've said it to everybody? Enough is enough. You have 8.5 million Americans, 8.5 million New Yorkers that want to be able to walk to their restaurants Walk to the bank, walk, do this, go in a subway station, and take a bus, and feel safe. Aren't they entitled with all the taxes they paid to feel safe? Well, as you see, they are responding by leaving. Uh, Florida, for the first time in 65 years, leads all states in terms of people that are fleeing their states to go to Florida. And a lot of it has to do simply with law and order. As you pointed out, DeSantis has says. If you loot, we shoot. It's that simple. We loot, you loot, we shoot. Whereas up here, they're digging out dead bodies in Buffalo, digging out dead bodies in the street. 
and there are people coming by on snowmobiles looting the stores right across the street. I love that law. I'm a law-abiding person. I love that law in Florida, DeSantis, and the state senate in Florida put into effect. You break into my home, and you want to do harm to my family, I'm going to blow you away. Yep. Yep. Stand your ground. Uh, Anyway... John will be back, 5 o'clock roundtable discussion today, probably with... And Curtis will be back at 12.15. 12.15. After O'Reilly. Yep. So you got more Curtis and Katz. Uh, yeah, the mayor has given himself a B-plus. You know, that was exactly what he gave de Blasio, a B-plus in my final debate with him. Does that mean he thinks he is the equal of Bill de Blasio? Got to stay tuned. 12.15 to 1. And then we have live and local programming. Other stations, you know, it's best of, worst of. No, 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 not here. Dominic Carter substituting for Greg Kelly from 1 to 3. Then it's Anthony Weiner substituting for uh, uh, for Bo Snurdly, 4 to 5. And then you're back again, John. Who knows what great newsmakers you'll have. Just like I had yesterday when you had the first interview given by George Santos himself. Who knows where we he's... We had the exclusive. You did. Worldwide news. You did. Who knows where he's hiding out today. Who knows? Maybe you'll get a, a second interview with him. There's so many questions to ask about his resume. You got about halfway through. I tell you, between Zimmerman and Santos, I think they got a million dollars in uh, name recognition. <laughs> right here. Keep it uh, exclusively on WABC, where it's newsmaking and commentary 24-7-365. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.